Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Friday, October 18th, 2019, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 272. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me to close out the week, Kato is here. It's been a minute since that's been true. The, like, day. The day, is yeah. true. Oh, it's always true on Mondays. I mean, on Fridays. But for on the Fridays, ones that it's always on. It's very rare. <laughs> right? very I mean, rare. I guess when we started the podcast, Patrick also here, we, we did record on Fridays, didn't we? Or did we do did we do a Thursday morning then? We did. And uh, no, it was usually Fridays. And yeah. then we made a move to try and not have Kato here. Like, people, people should go home. People should go home a little earlier on a Friday yes. if they can manage. And yes. so the thought was to, to record on Thursdays well, so that. That could happen. I was still working through a lot of uh, learning new, well, newer versions of software that I knew. And Fair. I got that workflow down. Now, this will come out on Friday, and I won't be leaving too late from the office, I swear. <laughs> so You better not. <laughs> it's not my job anymore, but God damn it, Kyle, get out of here. Um, how's everyone doing? Long Go week. home and stay up till three in the morning, like right. Austin. Like me. God. That's right. I, you know what? I'll, be, I'll say this. I've actually yeah? not. How's my, it going? Because what? We're my like a week and not, a half into this. Yeah, my schedule has not shifted. Like I still wake up norm, the same time I've been waking up for the rest of okay. the year, basically. Uh-huh. There have been a couple of days where I like sleep in longer, but I'm still going to bed by like two, <laughs> which is <laughs> which for me is my bedtime. Like sure. that has always been uh-huh. about when I can fall asleep. Right. I had one night of like severe anxiety uh, over not having done done anything, not mm-hmm. having like not gotten any real quote unquote real work done. Yeah. Because I was playing a game for coverage, which never feels like which we'll talk about in a moment. It's em- empty calories. It's empty calories. <laughs> and then I did a thing. A friend of mine invi- invited me to go see an early screening of a movie and give like some feedback on it. And that was like intensive because it was like critical brain on like 11. Yeah. It was like, all right, I have to give oh. you brutal feedback. And, and, and also like friendship. It's like, yeah. ah, hmm, Well, okay, ah, so it was hmm. more complicated because it was not her movie. It was oh. a movie by, by someone she worked for. So it was this double Ooh. leap of oh. like, of like, hey, we need people to come see an early screening and give feedback. Um, and I did that, and I did that. It's almost like, yeah. can I give you? Can I give you the same feedback said two different ways? Yeah, the way that I will tell you, and the way you should pass on. You that should pass feedback. on that feedback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, but like n- neither of those things felt like doing work, and so I got to bed that night, and it was like. Ah, I did not mark this day in my brain at the beginning of the day as a non-work day. Yeah. And so I've now reached bedtime and I'm super anxious because I feel um, like this uh, terrible weight of having gotten nothing done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why it's the freelance life. I've dude, a couple of times so I've tough. done it. It is it is incompatible with yeah, my sense of how I judge myself and and it's like anything else like you talk to freelancers that do this full time like 
you you for, eventually get enough work and yes. you find a flow yes. and you achieve you can achieve what you normally get out of like a nine to five. But man, I found like every moment that I wasn't doing something was like, wow, fuck that up. Like should have been doing anything. And I I always found that so difficult which it's, was like it, if i ever found myself in freelancing again it's like just go find another job just do like literally <laughs> anything else like i'll go to target like that's fine that's just a, fill the day the like, nice thing, let's go the nice thing is i do have so so one is like i think we, you and i are both saying this that like that's it's a shame that it is like that that like we are both been trained by this fucking world to have that feeling of like you have to be productive at all times etc yeah. um i'm thankful that i do have enough stuff on my plate that i could spend that time working on stuff it just happened to be right. an empty calories day where that work didn't look like a final product. It looked like the like build up towards something. Mm. Um, so it'll it'll be fine. It's just it's just like I did hit one of my first like oh my god this is a hard transition away from very structured life uh, this past week. But my sleep schedule's fine. Like I've not fallen to like five a.m. like nights. There's no fucking way doing this podcast twice a week basically means I have to do that. And also like <laughs> I have other meetings. You know what I right. mean? Like I'm yeah, yeah. talking to Evan t- today at two. Like all right. Like, I mean I guess I could have woken up today at noon and still made that 2 p.m. meeting. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, like, there are yeah. other things that I have to structure my day around, which is good, which is good. Um, my my worst my worst, my worst worst nights are still just one at this point. I yeah, can't. You yeah. can't go past that. I just, it's, I've been waking up early too much, but it slipped. I used to be a 7 a.m. type person. I'm now like 8.15. Okay. <laughs> like barely getting out the door in time to get here by 9.30, which is how I feel like I have to be here, even though we don't really, uh, I mean, I don't you know. You want to like, be here for the, when the office opens. And, and like, I, I'm people, like trying like, to start my day. I'm also trying yeah. to get a bagel. Trying it's Friday. Get a bagel. Oh, it's Friday. Did you get a bagel? I got that? a bagel. It was Hell a yeah. sesame seed bagel, which was Damn. the only thing they had left. I got an everything bagel for breakfast yesterday. Fuck, see, that's what so I want. Good. That's what I want. But so they're good. I feel like there's less bagels than there used to be. They cut out the donuts all, yeah, they cut all out together. Those donuts. The donuts have been gone, Fucking man. God. Listen, it's Damn. 2019. Austerity measures <laughs> yeah, are here. Jesus Christ. Not, not <laughs> anymore. Gotta pay more. Pay, gotta pay more for your health care and also no donuts. <laughs> and also no donuts. <laughs> also, 2019. Only ginger ale in the fridge. Weird. Uh, I, see, I had the, I had the uh, opposite thing this week where I had a couple of days where my wife was out of town and I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to be really <laughs> okay. strict about getting my daughter to bed. My Jessica will stay up as late as you, you want, okay. which on nights where we're like nights where you want to hang out. And it's like, sure, stay up till 930. Like, it's, I, I don't like, I don't care. We'll watch mm-hmm. a movie together and that's fine. Um but it just means it's easy to slip. And I was like, we're being straight. I was like, I don't care if she stays up till 10. I just want her in her room out of my, like, just, I want a little bit of, you know, me Patrick time. And I was, like, time. I was yeah. like, yeah. And so I was like really strict and like had her, you know, uh, brush bath, teeth. books, yeah, uh-huh. brush the teeth. We were done at 8.30 and she's in there and she's playing with her dolls till she goes to sleep in her in her bed. And uh, I was so excited because like I have a lot of games I'm playing for like review. I guess I can say now that like Dylan and I have season. Death Stranding. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> literally, literally, I've only played fucking... 45 minutes. Couldn't tell you very much about it. How, even what? if I wanted I thought you to just break said the you embargo, put, you put Jessica to bed early so you could play games. Well, so what happened was, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. I sat down and then my body went. You know what you could do with this extra time is just shut your body down. And I'm on the couch, like have opened a beer and I'm like, ready to shut down. I fell asleep on the couch. Like I barely do that these days. Like straight up, like 
doing this sitting sort of thing straight up, where, slouching? Were you? No, no, no. Like even more pathetic than that. Like where you've done the thing where like you should move to the bed you know. on, on the couch and you've laid your head down and Uh-oh. you're conscious that you're falling asleep. Yeah. You're like, but I'm just going to keep looking at this thing. Like, you're done. There's Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah. Just looking at it. And I'm like, I'm I'm going to sleep. I'm sleeping right now. I'm going uh-huh. to fall asleep. And then all of a sudden it's one in the morning and you have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, what I what am Where I doing am down I? here? Ah, yeah. Fuck, I fell Bed. asleep yeah. down here. That's very funny. I I actually almost hit one of my big bad sleep triggers this this week, which is puzzle games. Uh, I started playing Kato. You talked about mm. Card of Darkness yeah. earlier uh, this, I guess this month, maybe last month. One of the games on Apple Arcade, a game designed by Zach Gage uh, and Choice Provisions and uh, with art from Pendleton Ward. Um, and that is a game where if you want to go back and hear like the basic description, Kato gave it a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but you're kind of moving through a grid of cards that turn face up and they're either good things or, or bad things, either enemies or items that help you basically. Um, uh, and, uh, you kind of have to plot your path through. It's a really well-designed game. I think it's actually really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, but I'm very like susceptible to a certain sort of like visual repetitive logic getting stuck in my brain. Mm. And so like when you go back to when threes came out, I lost so much sleep over threes, not playing threes, but not (laughs) being able to get the tiles moving up and down in threes out of my head Uh where I would close my eyes and just that is all I would fucking see. Uh, And it was like miserable. And I can feel Card of Darkness doing that, not only with like my sleep. Like if I play it within an hour before I go to bed, that is what I will see when I close my eyes. But also it's doing the thing from like the Tetris effect or like uh, the Witness um, uh, two different, I mean the actual psychological Tetris effect where you start seeing the puzzle pieces, uh, but also the thing from The Witness where it's like there are lines everywhere in the real world. Once you see the shape, you'll start seeing it everywhere. Right. Um, except that because of the way Card of Darkness works where it's about these kind of piles of cards, mm-hmm. I'm seeing like, I'm imagining depth where there isn't any. So I was like scrolling through Twitter <laughs> as if I was clicking on tweets Thinking about card of darkness rules. Like, not thinking do I turn about, over this tweet and right. is there, is there <laughs> an interesting point here? Yeah. Or is there, ah, <laughs> oh, Nazi. Oh, this, these uh, Nazis under here. Oh, shit. Fuck. Um, <laughs> that one does eight damage. Hopefully, like, it's an e- hopefully it's an even one. Yeah, exactly. I got, I got the even sword ready to go. The odd sword, ooh, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that is that is like how I was looking at Twitter. I was like, I got to stop playing card of darkness. This game's great. Never going to play it again. <laughs> Delete that shit from my phone right now. That's not true. I played it like five minutes ago. How far did you get? I'm through the first boss. I'm in like the second area now. Has it opened up? Has it opened? Uh, has it expanded? Yeah, I've scrolled wait. the screen. What do you mean? Oh, so wait, does it go? Oh. Does it go wide? The, no, no. I mean the like the grid. Oh yeah, the grid the has grid gotten opened. bigger. The grid's yeah. gotten bigger, and I'm like, nah. Okay, <laughs> this is a lot. Uh-huh. Oh fuck! I saw someone on my Twitter feed beat it this week. They said Damn. they were like, yeah, I beat it. Now what do I do? And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Damn! Congrats yeah, you, to you. Yeah. You know, here's your your Mensa award. Like I don't. What I've do you... got I've got a great card right now where the first floor of every dungeon you see all the piles. Yeah, I have that. That was great. yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that it. that is super useful. So that good. is that's the only way I got through some of that that stuff. The boss fight was really easy. Yeah, I don't like know why that was a boss. There fight. were harder uh, floors yeah. earlier on. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It was cool that there was something different. Yeah, definitely. It was yeah, a cool fight. Right. Like, I enjoyed doing it. It made me feel, like, good after struggling through some of those early levels. Yeah. Um, but now I'm in the next set. And, whew, okay. We'll see. We'll see if I can get any further. Have you have you felt like you've hit any RNG walls? 
Because I feel like I've hit a, uh, a few at this point. Only a little bit, but like that's roguelikes to some degree. Sure. I, I know this is not. Uh, well, you mm. keep money. You, you keep do, money but, as you pick it up. Yeah, but that money is not doesn't do anything for you to buy you extra inventory slots and then those consumables, right? Yeah, but those, I mean, once you get, I haven't like, touched those consumables. No, no, but the inventory slots are big. Yeah, they're important. When you start but stacking but the, roguelikes the cards can do that. Darkness. Roguelikes can have That's what I mean, like, stuff. it's The stuff that, that makes that. it more of a roguelike is what is going to be in the next room, quote-unquote, sure. and then, and then uh, specifically the scrolls being use them to find out what they do reminds me a lot of like basic roguelike yeah, totally. uh, design i've had a couple um, fizzle on me which is yeah fun. that's always fun <laughs> well they fizzle because they don't they wouldn't work in that scenario right right, right? Exactly. it's not just like a random chance thing um, anyway but yeah i haven't I, i've hit it but i'm i'm you know i've played so many roguelikes yeah even just just phone ones where I'm like, well, this fucking sucks. Right. This is a bad floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other half of it is you're in and out so quick that I don't – it totally. doesn't hurt me too bad. Like, I feel like if it weren't for the fact that you you kept stacking gold, eventually it would have gotten to me. Yeah. But the fact that I like – and then I went back. It's like I now now I can have three card of darkness is active at any one time. Like yes. I'm good. And then it actually helped out with the stuff I was struggling with. So Totally. That's good. Yeah. I, uh, I think a lot about the ways in which – a game could be like good, uh, but the if the speed at which it takes me to get back into it from a fail state mm-hmm. can totally ruin totally. an experience. Or, right. or if I can get back in quick enough, it it is like totally enjoyable. There was something yeah. we were playing recently. I don't even remember what. Or I remember going on a, a kind of not a diatribe, but I remember saying like, "Here is why I don't like this game." And someone else asking like, "Well, isn't it just like this other thing?" And it took I didn't have the time. I didn't have the answer. But the the answer was whatever the thing I was complaining about. And maybe someone listening can remember what the <laughs> fuck I was complaining about. The time it takes to get back in is, is so important to like, right. are, am I playing this game right now or am I dealing with a menu or am I walking up to the point? Oh, it was Overland. It was Overland. Mm. Overland is so much like a bunch of roguelikes I like, like uh, the Michael Brogue, um, Brogue roguelikes that, that Michael Brogue makes. Uh, bro, Brogue. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, games Brogue I likes. Yeah, Brogue likes. Games I love but are so quick to get into, right? Uh, and if you're if you fail, unlike Overland, which has this like long spiral uh, failure s- state where it can go for twenty minutes, I'm like, you've I'm not already gonna... failed like twenty minutes exactly. ago. But yeah, <laughs> broke stuff is so condensed that like, oh, okay, I'm done. Yeah, new game. You right. know, um, uh, there's a new there's a new Michael Brogue joint or newish Michael Brogue joint on yeah. iOS that I have not put enough time into yet. Anyway, that's kind of all I played this week. Uh, uh, Outer Worlds for coverage, which I can't talk about yet, mm. um, uh, and and Card of Darkness um, nice. uh, and Anxiety. But that's it. <laughs> uh, um, I'm curious <laughs> that, before that we old get, game anxiety. that old game anxiety. But before we get into our big question bucket for this week, I'm curious if y'all have been playing anything else. I know, Kato, you talked about Life is Strange 2 last last yeah. Monday, but we didn't really get into it. Are you... I know, Patrick, you've played through most of Life is... You've played through everything in Life is Strange 2 at this point? No, I've played the first three episodes. Four episodes are out, and then the fifth one comes out in a couple of weeks. So, so I'm playing it kind of... Yeah, I figured I'll just wait till that's... Yeah. Re- like, I get a code for that, and then I'll play, like, the final arc of the game. Cool. At once. Spent a long time this week downloading things, thinking I had them already. One of those was Life is Strange episode three, which I okay. was going to get into. I got into basically I had only finished the first one and then I was like, OK, let's try two. And then as soon as you try to start up two, it's like, hey, did you play Captain Spirit? Go play Captain Spirit. <laughs> it's free. Go play Captain Spirit. We swear it'll be good. It'll be fine. Uh, so we, They're right, too. They're right. No, yeah, it was <laughs> worth it. It's definitely worth it. But it's just like uh, 
unexpected that it, it was that. I don't know. It feels like it should have just been in there, but I guess that's why they released it for free. Is that so that everyone can you know try it out anyways? But it, that was it cool. makes the the arc of the the season where you revisit some of what happens yeah. there like so much more powerful. Definitely, and I, I think the reason that the reason the reason they didn't uh, just like make it an episode, I think, is because. It's actually not like it's not particularly important to like the journey of right. the brothers. It's more just a side story, it's, but it's yeah, a really it's good a side story, side story and, and almost makes you wish that like if they could have found a cadence. I think you know there are so many reasons this season hasn't landed that I think have a lot to do with the uh, 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 the, the like the the lengthy release time between episodes, which is always the the trouble with episodic games. But man, if there was some world where like. There could have been like a quote unquote real episode and then a side story that like they were just kind of like leapfrogging each other and playing off one another. Mm. Could have been like a really strong way for them to to do a season right, uh, totally. like this because I liked the the fact that it made the captain when you visit that 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 family again in um, the arc of season uh, two to be like just really really strong and interesting even if you don't need to have done it to you know progress the the story and of the the brothers totally. Um. Yeah, I've, I'm still really enjoying the that game. I played that second episode and was at first a little, um, uh, at first a little annoyed because I felt like they moved away from some of the themes that were in the first episode, but then kind of came back around on it, um, in because uh, I guess do we want to do any? Small spoilers for this episode here. You do mild spoilers. I mean, like, yeah. are you sort of like, you know, sort of like the, like, not latent, but like blatant, you know, sort of like, yeah, we've talked racism about that. And xenophobia yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. like that is part of episodes one and two. Yeah, that there's not as, there is, there is a lot less of that as the series or the, that season goes. Totally. Along, for sure. It's definitely, it definitely felt like it was kind of moving away from it. But then I uh, also had a second thought, and this is kind of specific to, uh, a lot of South American, Central South American identity, like you, you think about um, uh, 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 Latinidad as like kind of this homogenous thing, where really it's made up of a lot of different uh, yeah. uh, levels of of um, you know, like societal stratification based on race, like whether you look more indigenous or whether you look right. more European, can absolutely, absolutely, like. My dad is uh, has a much uh, much more recent indigenous background, and like my grandfather, who is, like my my mother's side of the family is super European, like, and always struggled with uh, the <laughs> in a weird way, always struggled with the way that like she can pass in the states as white until she opens her mouth because she's not she doesn't speak English very well. Right. Um. So like the 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 concept of um the uh it, 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 having an indigenous indigenous background and also having a european in uh background in your family is like directly touched upon in in that second episode much more directly cool. it, um in, in a way that like at first i wasn't quite catching on to it but then like as it went on i like understood it i felt i don't know if this was intended or not but it felt more like there was some sort of understanding of that complicated identity of being from multiple backgrounds sure um so 
It was really great. I really have to yeah. play it. I really that, that sounds fantastic. Like sometimes, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I want to play it and, and see that stuff because yeah. that is not what I expected going into the season. Right, I totally. definitely even even though I knew the first episode dealt with like racism in America, like I very much expected kind of very broad brush, mm-hmm. like here is what we know from news stories and right. not the sort of like deep personal relationship to, to one's background and, and the complications therein. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been waiting for the whole thing to be out and then I'm just going to like jam through in a week. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it actually. Uh, cool. Cool. Uh, are you downloading anything else? You said you're downloading a lot of things. I was, so I was downloading episode three of that cause yeah. I, re- I realized I didn't have it. I went back to, uh, we had talked about, uh, when they originally were sending out code for that at some point, I was like, oh, I'm still on PS4. Right. And they were trying to give us PC code. And then I went back to see if we ever got that PS4 code. We didn't. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just buy the next one and figure it out <laughs> later. Um, but I set that to download. And then I went because we also got uh, Final Fantasy code. We did. To try to check out the Nier 14, stuff. like, end game code, yeah. basically. Uh, I went and got you that code. Yeah. Let's be specific. Yeah. Yeah. We, you were, came to me No, you said, said in, co- in so codes I, you dropped it and was like, had, no one's using this we had to go boost. Make, <laughs> we had to go make a request. Yeah, that's Square true. came to us no, they, said, they, weeks they, ago yes. and said, yeah. hey, would you would you like to do this? And then, yeah. you know, kind of went, came and went. And then you came to me and said... I need a hit of that, <laughs> that Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Hell you yeah. You got that shadow I want to be a machinist or something like that. Are you be a machinist? Is that what you're going to be? Yeah, I'm going to like do that one. ranged uh, DPS, DPS pet class. Yeah. yeah. Does that, it's not really a pet class. That's not fair. It's not, it has like a summon that shows up. Anyway, it's Any, fine. It's yeah. a turret. There's a turret anyway. Cool. I don't know. I just like, oh, that seems fine. Yeah. That'll work. Um, I went to download that game. It was big. It was bigger than I it's thought. A big game. Uh, because the it, the Steam download is like uh, 52 megs or whatever. And then it's just the launcher, right? And then it's like, oh, wait, this uh, we're not going to let you pick where this downloads to. It's downloading to wherever the launcher went. Right. And I picked, a unfortunately, very full drive on my computer. Great. <laughs> Spent a bunch of time figuring out how to fucking move shit uh, out of the way. Downloaded it. Cool. It was late enough that I was like, well, I'll just play some tomorrow. Came back the next day, got in, was going to make a character. It was like, great, look at all these options. Oh, look, I can be a cat person or I could be like a cat person. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm that. I'm, I'm oh, one, yeah? Yeah, I'm one of those big cat people. I'm definitely going to make one of those. Uh, uh, fuck I it. It's like a Hrothgar or right. something. Uh, except that they were grayed out. And I was like, what? What's going on? Why can't I pick the, the cat person? And... It turns out there was a second code for Shadowbringers that I hadn't inputted. Went back to the launcher, put that in. Hour and a half downloading that until the, you know, it was too late. I had to go to bed. So I like dipped in, <sighs> looked at my cat person, put some like blue hair on him. And was like, yeah, that looks good. And then realized there was many more menus to oh, go. There's and I was many like, more menus to go. Never mind. I'll, intro, I'll deal with this tomorrow. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, well, so I spent a lot of time downloading a bunch yeah. of games over the last couple of days. Oh, also Manifold Garden. I tried to download that on the Epic Store. Uh, and it... Uh, it, da- it, it didn't it, download? It, 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 it got into a queue okay. with other things I owned in the Epic Store. And I could not for the life of me figure out how to move it up into the the beginning of the queue. I kept trying to pause I shit. That, I don't know that you can. No, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think, think you, you can. I think you're. I had a control I mean, update. A, 
Gimmick Store is a bad storefront. <laughs> it's like, not I a mean, great storefront. I, 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 I am appreciative of what the thing, like it is things it is doing relative to like influencing market forces sure. and competitiveness in that space. Yeah. But it is a piece of shit to <laughs> use. So yeah, it's stuck behind like a big control update that apparently happened at some point and I tried to pause it and it wouldn't move or jump up the queue. So, you know, those are the games I tried to download over the last two days instead of playing games. Grace. Welcome to our new exciting <laughs> weekly segment. Games Kato tried to download? I tried to play. You tried to play them. You did. You tried. Oh, God. He fucking tried. But you actually got through and played Manifold Garden, right? I did, yeah. Um, this is an indie game. Like, man, talk about a fast turnaround. Like, uh, there are indie games that have been around forever. They're like, that'll release someday, maybe, I guess. And... Um, Manful Garden is definitely one of those. It was actually under a different name for a while, like Relativity, uh, I want to say, is oh, what wow. its uh, early name was or something like that. Um, I mean, you've probably seen a screenshot or a video of this, even if you don't know it. You know, it's it's an Escher painting that you interact with, you know, and if, if Escher does not land, it's you've seen paintings where it seems like infinite looping geometry, lots of stairs going into stairs, like that sort of shit. And... Um, <laughs> The uh, Manifold Garden is, uh, I got a, aesthetically is pulling a lot from uh, that. It was the first time since 2013 I have probably, I'm sure Google could actually tell me if this is true. I'm, I am almost 100% sure it's true. That uh, this is the first time I've done a Google search for non-Euclidean geometry Good. since 2013. <laughs> Great. An antechamber anti introduced yeah. to that term to basically everybody. <laughs> um, uh, and, and, uh, they're different games, but they are playing in similar uh, time space sort of like ideas in terms of like what you see is not necessarily what you get and geometry um, acts in strange ways spatially. Mechanically, the way the game works is uh, is pretty simple. Um, it's very perplexing to watch, but in terms of what you're actually doing, Doing moment to moment is actually pretty easy. So if you imagine you walk into a room and forget all the fancy geometry, just imagine like up, down, left, right, you got four walls. Got it. And on the left-hand side is a block. And over on that wall is also like a hole where that block could go in. And there's a line connected from the hole to a locked door on the other wall. So you've got the hole and the block on the left wall, and you've got this locked door, but there's a line connecting them suggesting that they interact somehow. And so, okay, the first thing you would think is I should probably try and take that block, put it in the hole. Maybe that'll open the door. Sounds good. And so in Manifold Garden, um, you can't jump, no fancy, you know, acrobatics. But what you can do is essentially change the source of gravity. And so when you walk up to a wall, you will see the color of the cursor change. And that corresponds cool. to whatever the game has, sometimes arbitrarily, where it's just, it's yellow because... It's deciding that wall is the yellow wall. Other times, color is actually, like, comes into play in terms of um, the puzzle design. But for the purposes of this, like, sample puzzle, it's sort of irrelevant. So let's just say that the, the left is the yellow wall and the right is the, the blue wall. So you'll see that, and then you click interact, and then suddenly the gravity is no longer beneath you, but is to the left. And so what was now the left wall becomes the ground. And what was now the originally the ground okay. is now... I don't know, a wall to your right. And so now you can walk along that wall and, you know, the camera shifts accordingly. So that's like you're walking along that. But, you know, you've essentially rotated this cube in one direction. 
And then what you realize is you can do that for any wall in the game. If there is a wall, you can interact with it and you can shift the center of gravity to that wall. And so then very quickly you can start to imagine how you can build spaces that aesthetically function one way, but mechanically function completely differently based on your ability to sort of shape that world and change that um, world. So then, you know, very quickly you can see how you can take the block, put it in the hole, and then go to the ceiling, go to the floor, like whatever relative to you seems like the ceiling and the floor, and then make your way over to that door that is now opened. Um, And the game builds on this, like, really simple core concept, um, like, really quickly, to to the degree that... um, and the, the, I wrote a piece today about it, just sort of like walking you through some of the basic puzzles and sort of the setups and sort of the the sort of like misdirections. Like, for example, there's a you kind of exit out of a door and then in front of you is just cascading steps, just steps after steps after steps. And lots of the times in Manful Garden, you're just encountering loops. Um, there are times when you are, there are concrete objects that act the way a concrete object would work. And then there are times where it feels like you're dealing with trickery um or at least you know this is where the aesthetic comes into play like on a uh, a more concrete level with like the geometry interacting with it's like i you you can just keep going down those steps and just you're not going to get anywhere and just, there's nothing it's like well, what do i do like i i don't see any there's nothing to interact with it's just endless stairs up and endless stairs down and then you'll notice if you look out in the horizon it's like oh well it's like that um skyline is it actually seems to have some features to it. Uh-huh. And if you, if you kind of squint and look, it's like, oh, that looks like a door. It's like, but that door is like, that is extremely far away. I cannot reach that. I don't have a grappling hook. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah, like, and in most games, it would just be like, that's just... That's skybox, you know, visual. It's, yeah, it's just a skybox. Yeah. Um, and then, like, this was one of these, like, early aha moments. And it's a game full of them, so I don't feel like I'm uh, um, spoiling too much about what happens here. Um, uh you, you'll notice like, oh, right, okay, I can sh- trip the walls, which means like what's in front of me doesn't have to be in front of me. It actually could be to the side of me. And so what you do is you huh. look at the wall to your left, you turn that into the ground, and then suddenly the spot that you were like going down at a diagonal is now beneath you and in front of you is an enormous gap. It's just like a huge uh, pit that seems to go nowhere. And you can jump into that pit, and that it's an infinitely re- it's me. an infinitely ah, reoccurring pit. Okay. So you're just going through the same area over and over again, which was problematic when you've got these steps that lead to nowhere. But you can actually move through the space, and so what you're doing is you're creating a gap where none existed by moving the world. And then as you hold forward, you can move through like the sky, and you can then make your way to the other side. Hit the cursor against that the do- where the door is right. the ground near the door. Shift that back to your ground, and then you've you've closed you know, that moved. distance. That you've closed that distance, distance by yeah. That's really yeah. cool. That's I, really I need yeah. to I need yeah. to try this game. So that's uh that's that's a lot of uh like very simple ways of describing it's it's you know um I should say up front um or I guess at the back end really uh is that uh. I don't really like puzzle games, generally speaking, but I like playing them. Right. But and what I mean by that is that I find myself deeply frustrated by them very quickly. Like I open my piece saying basically like the fastest way to get me to look at a walkthrough is to put a puzzle in a game. Um, I have infinite confidence in my fingers. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I can play a really difficult Mario stage. Right. 
with a platforming sequence and I just know I just have to put it in the right order and then I know I can do this. Like I just, I know I have a profound confidence that I can do certain things with my fingers. I do not have that same confidence with my brain. Like partially is this related to like when I was in uh, high school, like for example, uh, got an A, A plus in algebra. It's formulas. Like I get it. Like you plug it in, it spits out a thing. Mm -hmm. I, I understand that. Geometry got a C minus, barely <laughs> passed geometry. Like more abstract concepts, like more you know, really sort of like you know, there's a little more. Yeah, and I, 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 I think uh, it's not a straight line, but I think it does explain a lot of things. Also about like the sort of things I like, how I even operate like as a writer and a sure, journalist. Sure. Um, and but um, it means like certain types of puzzles work for me others don't i hated the witness like I, the way that game communicated what it wanted to say we just were not on the same wavelength uh -huh. and so um certain puzzle games like hit and even if i get frustrated like i'm speaking enough of its language that like i can get i can keep moving and this is one of those games uh <coughs> excuse me uh an antechamber was one of those two where even when i don't feel like i'm making progress I clearly am because I'll arrive at a solution. But even when I'm not having those moments, there's enough happening. I get enough of the ahas and I get enough of the progress that I don't. I, I feel like I'm still enjoying my time with it. So it is a, one of those rare puzzle games that um, even as someone that like enjoys puzzle elements but not puzzle games. Like the hierarchy of where it's prioritized is like usually important to whether I'm going to enjoy it or not. Um, and this one is uh, has been very enjoyable. So if you... If you liked Antichamber, like if that resonates with you, I, my guess is you're going to want to seek this out immediately because they feel like um, this feels like a spiritual successor or a game that's at least working in concert it, design wise. It's also um, wild because it was with, like with that game. This was a game I was watching trailers for when Antichamber came out, mm -hmm. right? Like, <laughs> yep, uh, it's it's been in dev a long time. Uh, congrats to uh, William William Chur uh, Ch uh, C H Y R. Yeah, I'm not sure I, I don't pronounce, pronounce the last his name. name. Sorry yeah. for for butchering your last name. Um, made in Chicago. Oh, what? awesome. Shout outs, shout outs to Chicago. Uh, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad it came out. I'm, I'm going to check it out for sure. Um, yeah, it's on, uh, uh, Epic Games store on PC and Mac, I think. And then Apple um, Arcade, like you said, it's also on Apple Arcade, cool. uh, and it's coming to PS4, uh, at some point. Um, the one other thing before we uh, go to the question bucket, yes. I can talk more about it next week. Um, Luigi's Mansion 3, oh, which I yeah. played, uh, nice. You didn't fall asleep. Six, seven you didn't, hours. You didn't decide to take a nap. I mean, seven. one of the nights I did, and that was not Luigi's Mansion's fault. Um, <laughs> that is, uh, that was that was being a dad's fault. Um, Wait, Luigi's a dad. I'll talk more specifically about shit. Luigi's a dad. I mean, not, yeah, no, it's yeah, not he's a dad. The, no, Luigi's a son. Is he? Fuck off. <laughs> no, he is not. That, that is a, not. That's not how that works. That is not that's, a not, child. that's not the. the the lore implication. No, oh, baby if, Luigi. I hate just a that. little. The goo, the goo reacts. The goo reacts to all of us. That means we're all fathers, Kato, because the, oh, the goo oh just God. attaches. <laughs> the goo is just attached to the host that you know touches the goo. Mm -hmm. like you don't have to touch that goo. Like the goo, like senses. I don't. The goo is connected to your back through the. To your that back. sounds like a that sounds like a child. <laughs> You're carrying around a little papoose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a goo baby. Yeah, a goo Yeah. How is. Put Luigi in Death Stranding. Put Luigi in Death Stranding. God. Luigi Bridges. Yeah, that sounds like a Kojima name. Honestly. 
how is Luigi's Mansion Three? Is it uh, is it in line? It's good. With- it's a lot of fun. Okay, great. Yes, if you it is. Uh, it's not, it's not shaking the boat in terms of the, the formula, but it is a gorgeous game. I mean, there are straight up moments that um, I thought I was still in a cutscene, um, and this game just has tremendous lighting. It takes nice. it really takes advantage of the fact that it's in tight, constrained spaces mm. to just pack an incredible amount of detail, and specifically in the lighting. The lighting in this game is just uh, it, you know it, it surprises you for a Switch game, um, but but it, you know uh, it's yeah it's beautiful, it's fun. Um, I'm enjoying my time with it. Um, I have some uh, pretty specific quibbles with how it handles its collectible things, but mm. I want to get to the end of it before I sort of fall on one end of that or or another. Um, and also it just seems like it's not uh, similar to Link's Awakening. It doesn't seem like a particularly long game. Um, like if it continues at the pace that I'm at, it seems like, you know, a 10, 13 hour game, which is hmm. what Link's Awakening was as well, which is cool. Like that, I love that Link's Awakening felt like a full meal. Like I didn't get to the end of that and go, oh no, I needed more of that. Like it just right. felt like it It was uh, just, uh, uh, just a good game and got in and got out and Luigi's Mansion 3 feels like it's going to be uh, something similar. So I don't know that it's going to convert anyone that if you didn't like these games or didn't do anything for you in the past, there's not much here that feels like it's anything uh, all that, different but if you if you like me have liked them in the past it seems like another uh a really good entry did um, you play that, I'll that be able to... uh hmm? there was one on 3ds right dark yeah moon. i didn't play the 3ds one dark moon yeah. um but i know that people said it was it's like luigi's mansion 3 like a good one of those right. like it's been this was made the, the original was made in uh japan and nintendo of japan i forget which specific team was was on it um, and then uh, starting with Dark Moon, it's been made by that Canadian studio that they have. Um, they've done a lot of sports games as well. I forget huh. the, the name of them. But yeah, they did Dark Moon. And I think they did the remake of Luigi's Mansion for 3DS, which I wish they would just put that put those to Switch. switch. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> they didn't. Um, and so, yeah, so Luigi's Mansion 3. So yeah, that comes out not end of the month. And I think my review can go up... Uh, 28th like not this coming monday but the monday after that so busy we'll probably season whole yeah yeah a lot of, yeah no he's honestly like yeah <laughs> it's, you i had a code for for outer worlds and was like actually i'm gonna see if austin wants to play this yeah. because i where would i find the time <laughs> totally, totally uh which i will also be able to talk about that next week um so that'll be that'll be a bunch of fun conversation the opposite of this week of like uh we don't have we can't how how am i supposed to talk about things um, <laughs> yeah, and don't worry. We'll, uh, we'll spend a, a nice uh, forty-five minute segment on whatever Rob is doing in Germany. I don't know. Rob is that? I forgot he was going to Germany. <laughs> he's in and he's Germany? Like, I'm in Germany. I'm Rob's like, in Germany cool. for ParadoxCon, yeah. which is uh, the okay. Paradox Convention. Uh, Paradox, one of my favorite game publishers, actually. If you like, push come to shove. Uh, I'm excited. I hope that they. I think there's gonna be BattleTech news out of there. There's oh, definitely fuck. gonna be uh, some news about other some like grand strategy stuff. From what I hear, um, are they publishing the action? Uh, Mech Warrior One Two or is that a different? Uh, I don't think they're publishing it. I think hmm, oh. maybe no. I don't think they are. Uh, they're like th- those teams are tight though. <laughs> no, it's being it's being published by the developer Piranha Games, who makes mm. the current like Mech Warrior Online and is making Mech Warrior Five. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, but those teams work together because like the models that are in, I want to say the models that are in BattleTech 
um, uh-huh. uh, are the models from MechWarrior Mech Online. It's like the same Great. like 3D models and stuff <laughs> like that. So I, I know those teams seem like they're tight. And they, they do like MechCon every year out in Vancouver, uh, which is I'd love to get out to at some God. point. Um, sounds good. Sounds so sounds like bad. home. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, Rob will come back with some some uh, stories from Germany. Hell yeah, it'll be fun. We should take a break. I'm gonna go get some water. I need some water, and then we should dig into the question bucket, which we've not opened in so long. Uh, a lot of people send in some great questions. So we will be right back with some questions and also a glass of water. BRB. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are back with some questions in the question bucket. If you have Buc- questions, questions for the question bucket, question you can bucket. send them to gaming at vice.com. I have a form now to, that I can send to <laughs> IT to get Patrick on that list so that Patrick can see those uh, questions. What? I had to get a form for streak, it. Streak broken. I'm breaking the streak. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um... We got a bunch of questions in, and they range in content and focus. Great. I've starred a bunch of them here, and we'll go through as many as we can before we decide we've had enough with, with questions. <laughs> um, uh, this one comes in from Dan from Chicago, who says... What's up? He says, what's up? That's what's up? it. That's all he says. He says, you know that movie gimmick where they have moving seats and call it 4D? Mm. What game would be best in 4D? Doom 2016, Tetris Effect. Tet, I mean that. Yeah, Tetris, Tetris Effect would be, would be good. Yeah. Uh, for, for, recent, for people that don't like need. To, uh, so yeah, I've not done up. this 40 40x, but I've been because it's it's like a forty five minute drive from where the nearest one is for my wife and I. But uh, it sounds so much fun in the right circumstances. So they, they these are normally only like you know. They're, they're, Comedy, you know, comedies and, and dramedies are not usually what you're going to see, like no. Transformers or a Marvel movie. And basically, yeah. what happens is like, is there is it a scene with a lot of wind? They blow wind in your face. Like, is there water? <laughs> like, they spray water at you. Like, it's it's my friends that have gone the, to it said the it's the worst but yeah. the best. And so I've the, done f- I've done D box, which is just the moving seat. Right. I did that yes. for Mad Max Fury Road. Oh. As like that sounds good. That was great. <laughs> I've seen that movie without D-Box, to be clear. Yeah. But I also saw it in D-Box, and that was fun to get, like, jostled around the whole time. <laughs> um, I've not done 4DX or 4D, which is, yeah, the fog machine. Right. The, uh, this list of effects is fog machine, strobes, scents, mm-hmm. bubbles, snow, water sprays, and then wind and air. Mm-hmm. There's also 4D e-motion by a different developer that includes vibration and air shots. I don't know what an air shot is. It's shots of air. Yeah, I guess. That's listed differently here than wind. 
Wind is like constant. I guess so. I guess air shots can sometimes feel like a thing touching you. Yeah. Like, I think they use air shots for rats in that one Disney ride that's in the tree. That's oh, a very specific reference. Nobody. No, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I believe you. I keep waiting for a movie that I'd want to go see with this. It's like, I don't want to go see Gemini Man. You Wait, you don't want to see Gemini Man? No, if I want to. I want to pay like, money for Gemini. Man. Yeah, I, I want. I want like were, a bad. I want like a bad good, like a good bad movie that I'm gonna get jostled around. Yeah, in. I want to. Um, well, Gemini listen, Man Gem- is not it. Gemini Man is getting bad, bad yeah. reviews. But I want to see it high, a high frame rate with 4D, the way it's <laughs> meant to be seen. Just how high is that frame rate? Uh, 120. Damn. Frames per second. Not as Yo, much as uh, Peter Jackson. What was Peter Jackson's? 140 something. 140 something. Yeah. Damn. I want to. I really want to see it. Like the thing that fucks me up about that is I can't even find a trailer online of the high frame rate version. Of course, to see which, like, it's computer, impossible. It's not. Impossible. You can't upload that to YouTube. What are you, well, you can't. About? Well, you cannot upload it to YouTube because yeah. YouTube does not have whatever the codec is to go yeah. higher than sixty frames per second. I yeah. don't think. But you could upload an MP4 somewhere. Let me download that shit. <laughs> I got I got a fucking monitor. It's like a refresh rate of 144. They want to keep that shit unlocked. I want to see it. Pay for money. Show me pay, the frames. Pay money for those frames. Fuck. <laughs> they want me to get on a fucking subway train and go to see the frames. Yeah. Yep. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, I think. Sorry. The the question. The question. The question. You would want it, I would not want it to be Doom because I bet Doom smells bad. It's too intense. Yeah. It's yeah. Also, also, it's intense. like it's it's a it's a little too often probably. Um, yeah, boom, boom. Right. It feels like this would it would work with something is maybe like a sh- a shmup, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like added releases, stuff. Recent releases, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Oh yeah. Would be fun. Right. Something that's yeah. more or less on rails. More feels or less like it on would rails. Work. Yeah. Totally. Though you could get like. You could do like in a like a Skyrim or something, and imagine walking into like a, an inn and smelling the food, and then like getting on a horse and go like gallop, gallop, gallop. God. But that'd be hard. I just imagine like walking a, into a room with a thousand blocks of cheese. Yeah, and imagine smelling that cheese. And smell that cheese. Mm. Like a Resident Evil Two, like could be good. Like a game, like a yeah. slower paced horror yeah. game where. Like in Resident Evil Two, for example, like you know you're walking down like long hallways where like the one of the tricks in RE2 that they added was that, you oh, you're going to repair these different windows and stuff so that you can try and present additional zombies from getting into the police station. So you could feel that. Or, like, it, when you get halfway through the game and Mr. X is, like, stalking you around the police station, yeah, where, like, oh, you yeah. could, like, feel those Drop, goddamn yeah. steps. Boom, and, like, if boom, it was directionally, boom. so it's like you could tell if it was coming from the God. back or the right. Like, oh. Some of those ooh. air shots so you, you can feel things on the back of your neck, like, as things move mm-hmm. around behind move around. you. Yeah, definitely. Sounds great. Yeah. Someone make this. Make one of these. <laughs> put it in a theme park. Team up with a developer and make it happen. Yeah. We'll just try it. Or <laughs> DX video game. Yeah. There nope. we go. Nothing. God, just rent out a rent out a theater. Hook it up. And, just, one, and then just have, hire people to do different things. Yeah. All right, <laughs> you're on wind. Yeah. Blow you're me. on water. <laughs> you light these candles, but only when I say so. <laughs> Quick, the candle. <laughs> Shit, it went out. <laughs> uh, next question comes in from Peter, who says, Dear Vice Games, how is your Shocktober coming along? More specifically, any thoughts on the Citizen Kane slash Dark Souls of Slasher remakes Child's Play 2019? <laughs> which came out in June, I am... which I don't know. I, I'm not, 
I don't even go here. I yeah. really truly don't. But in my mind, if you put out, I guess summer could be an okay time for a horror movie yeah. because like people have free time on their hands. But I feel like it is. It, it, is, be, it has become uh, okay. so. This switched with the Conjuring. I was get, literally going to. That is the one that I remember coming out around S- in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um. In in which they uh, th- proposed the idea that oh actually. Maybe horror is a genre that works all year round and that certain ones could act as blockbusters and The Conjuring like um, sort of like proved out that model. I mean, if you go – but it's interesting to look at – video games have done this too where um, you go look at the release dates 10 years ago and it's just like so different um, in terms of just like what is thought to be times when you can release a thing and it just used to be like very rigid, very specific – um, you know the fact that like a company like Capcom or like they release their games in January and it's like the best selling games they've ever done like January used to be a dumping ground because yo it's after Christmas like why would you release a game then and now that's like a very popular time to <laughs> delay your game uh, into Child's Play is very interesting because so I've not seen it um, because it didn't seem good enough despite Mark Hamill doing the voice which I think is like was a pretty choice option if you're not gonna yeah. have was it uh, Brad Dorif uh, who does uh, all the voices uh, in the original uh, movies? But so usually in a reboot, um, it's because like a thing has stopped. They've stopped making them, and it's like okay, like it's been long enough. Like do a new one. So with Child's Play specifically, um, Universal. I think I'm getting this right. Universal owns the like direct to DVD rights. And so Child's Play is a series by its original creator. That timeline still exists. In fact, they released a movie like a what? year ago or a year and a half ago. So like okay. the original Chucky from the original Child's Play in the 80s, there's been like seven or eight of those movies. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Including, you know, Seed of Chucky and all the goofy ones that like they got into post like Child's Play 3, I think is where they really leaned into the comedy aspect of it. Um, those still exist, but MGM owns the rights to like the film rights, but it basically allowed MGM to make a new Chucky while there was still an existing ongoing, very much alive. There's going to be a sci-fi child's play TV series. It is based on the original timeline with those same characters and the arc that's been going on in the eighties, but not the reboot. The reboot is a, it's own mainline, it's own new mainline thing that is in parallel with that, but was denounced by the original creator because he was not involved. He was not consulted. They basically like MGM said, we're allowed to do this thing. We're going to go do it. Even though um, you don't want us to. And I've heard it was fine. Uh, like, yeah, as far as I, I did not consider it to be sacrilege necessary. I think it was kind of a dick move to like make a new one of those and not involve the original creator. <laughs> yeah. But also like child's play is not like, I, that's more on like a creative like sympathy route. Like I don't necessarily care that much about the child's play series that like, Oh no, they've ruined <laughs> the timeline of the <laughs> that original series. Um, I heard it was Mark, fine. I heard it was Mark a totally Hamill, okay horror movie. Mark yeah. Hamill was Chucky in the new one. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's good. Like, Oh, that. like, uh, I also listened to some of the music who was uh, done by, ah, what's his name? Uh, Bear McCreary. Bear McCreary, uh, yeah. who does um, a lot of genre stuff. And his stuff can be a little hit or miss, but go listen to like the main theme that he composed for Child's Play that's all made of um, uh, t- like toys that he like strung together and like orchestrated. It's really, really fucking good. It's a very eerie theme. And uh, yeah, the Mark Hamill stuff seems fine. It's finally just got added to iTunes so I can... Go rent it for five bucks or whatever. So that might be on the 
Come back. I'll, 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 I'll chime in next week okay. if I manage to watch it this weekend. Any other any other Shocktober surprises from you? Mm. Um, I know we checked in last. We pe- already did a check in on Monday. In yeah, a sense, pe- yeah, pe- yeah. People did have uh, Mangler thoughts. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They sure did. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see what. Uh, one note that came in was that was that. Um, or I don't know if it came in. Maybe I just saw it on Twitter. Uh, was that the thing with Mangler is that King worked in some sort of industrial laundry facility, and that is what inspired him to be like, yo, this thing could kill people. <laughs> um, which, yeah, I believe it. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, trying to see what I've seen. Uh, uh, Into the Tallgrass, uh, which was like Netflix's big uh, horror film. It's from the director of Cube. If you've seen that, like, oh, indie, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, speaking of like Manifold Garden mm-hmm. um, and Antichamber. Cube um, is a really uh, fun uh, horror film from some like 10 plus years ago. And that director um, did a movie called Into the Tall Grass, which is an adaptation of a Stephen King and Joe Hill short story. Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. um, And they wrote it together. And I believe one of the, I believe this is true, um, that um, it was one of the first collaborations he did with his son. And he wanted to freak his son out. So he kept pushing how weird and violent and fucked up it got as a way of just like testing the, the creative <laughs> boundaries with with his child. Um, so I've heard the book is like even more intense than the, the movie. Um, it's 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 okay. Like set your expectations accordingly into the tall grass is basically um, like a really well-directed B movie, like with a fun high concept of like, so if the happening is on one end where it's like, let's make plant life spooky and you fail. You fail spectacularly. I think The Happening <laughs> is one of my favorite films I've seen in the last 10 years. It's so good. It's so much fun, but it's the this 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 the scenes where they're the the plant life is <laughs> going back and forth and <laughs> ominous music plays over it just doesn't work. Whereas Into the Tall Grass finds better ways to make like swaying grass seem a little spookier. But Patrick Wilson, who more or less like kind of jumped into uh, he, he's done lots of genre work. He's a very good character actor, but really got into the horror genre, starting with um, being one of the Warrens in The Conjuring, to bring things full circle here. Uh, he plays a character that just goes for it. Like, he knows what movie he's in, and he is just <laughs> having a fucking blast. Like, if you want to, <laughs> at the very least, if you just want to watch Patrick Wilson hamming it up to, like, the thousandth degree, which he is so, there are few character actors working right now that, like, can, yeah. can ratchet up the way Patrick Wilson can, and it's just a, trem- a tremendous amount of fun. I'm looking at my list to see if uh, there's anything else that I think. I think I think Crawl, Crawl, very good. It's a movie about a uh, um, a series of killer alligators. I think in like Louisiana, where there's some flooding <laughs> after a hurricane. It's basically Jaws, but. Alligators. alligators or crocodiles. I actually don't know the difference, and I don't even know which one isn't crawl. But you know what I'm talking about. Big big green guys. Big greens. And gals. You know, I don't You know, it could be both. Uh, it's alligators. It's Florida, not Louisiana. Filling in the details sure. here from Wikipedia. <laughs> but, you know, all right. Look, crawl, crawl is a very – creature features, done well. Yeah. It's not that scary, but it's very tense, and it is uh, – uh, uh, a return to form for uh, Alexander Aha, who is a horror director who hasn't done much in a while, but um, uh, did uh, that movie is uh, very good. And I, I, I said the last one, I don't have any others to point out, but I do really want to see The Lighthouse. Um, yeah. Oh my God, uh, yes. I'm fucking excited for it. 
The Witch is a fantastic uh, period piece horror film that's not particularly scary, but has just unbelievable atmosphere. And it sounds like The Lighthouse is another one of those. And apparently the follow-up that that director was going to do is a movie. uh, Yeah, it's out this weekend. Um, Oh, shit. Is a movie about Vikings, which, hell yeah, fucking just keep making (laughs) weird. Yeah. And like William Defoe famously said that he had a horrible time shooting this, but like like in a good Loves way it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. just and just apparently already signed up for the viking one he's like yep throw it, let's go <laughs> fuck me up fam let's go let's get it well, yeah. i guess alexander sarsgaard is gonna be in the viking oh, one boy. which is like that's yep. a cast let's that's a go. good cast I, yeah that's what you can if you're gonna do it do it you know what i mean yeah god so, that's my shocktober check-in sounds good i'm, I'm hell yeah that's a good check-in thank you patrick for your for your shocktober check-in um next one comes in from jimmy from utah who says hey y'all I just recently finished Outer Wilds, and I realized about two-thirds through the way that it is my favorite game, basically as soon as I landed on the Quantum Moon, which is a fucking incredible moment. Uh, It was honestly shocking to realize that it was my favorite game because nothing else has beaten Kentucky Route Zero since that launched. Um, When is the last time you had a, oh, I think this is my new favorite blank moment. Thanks. Love the pod and everything you do. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, obviously mine might be Outer Wilds, so I truly <laughs> love that game that much. Uh, also, Outer Wilds is out on PS4 now. That is a huge, uh, thing that I forgot to mention on Tuesday's episode when I was like, oh, there's some ports this week that I want to shout out. Uh, I didn't actually play the PS4 port of Outer Wilds, mm-hmm. but this is me reminding you that Outer Wilds is easily my favorite game of the year, and it's been a year with some good games. Please, I'm begging you to try Outer Wilds. At least give it like 90 minutes of your life to see if you if it clicks how, for you. How long is it? Longer than you might think. Okay. It's like it took me like 15 hours, 16 hours, something. Oh, maybe more, not... actually more than maybe more than that. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. I think I think the how long to beat is probably 15, 16. I think it took me more like 25, 26. Because okay. I was playing without any guides, and there was like a couple of bugs that they've since fixed, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but Outer Wilds yeah, was definitely f- that. 15 moment. hours is the how long? How long to, to beat? I, I remember telling people that it took me over 24. I remember hitting that point and being like, yo, this is, I've been really going for it for Mm -hmm. a while. Um, uh, I also just loved being in that, that space and exploring that world. And like, there are are so many moments that are so memorable and different for me in that game. Um, uh, And I think that it has one of the best endings of a video game I've ever played. So, um, and when I say like, it is, I don't mean, I I like, I've yeah. marked off that game as like a I I need to you play this at least before see what I make it is. my list. No, I know yeah. I will like it. It's just I, I don't know gave if you it. will. I feel like ah, I'm 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 curious if you will. I don't know because there's a way that you could feel it out and be like this is too much like the witness because it's so self-directed. But if you sure. just like focus on one like planet at a time and like look at your there's a computer in the back of your ship that is like here is what you know. Just f- pull on those leads and you'll find it. It does some stuff that I think is – if you play the first 90 minutes and you're like, I don't know if this is for me. Patrick, you come to me. I'll, I'll give you the, the – I'll give you – I'll like spoil the middle of the game and then I'll tell mm-hmm. you – I'll link you to a video for like the end of this game. Because the final <laughs> – for real, the final 60 minutes or so, the final 90 minutes maybe even are some of the best stuff I've, I've experienced in a video game. Nice. Um, anything else? Anyone else have like a – Oh shit! This is my favorite blank. Whether it's a video game or something else, totally. Which is a big claim to me because sometimes I yeah. know I know a lot of us do our best to be like I'm going to sit on something for a while um, before I like no no like okay well maybe it'll maybe in a year or two I'll be able to come back to it and be like, wow that was actually really good this is stuck with me but every now and then there is something that breaks through. I think actually into the breach. Okay, sure. Just like for tactics games in general, mm-hmm. there was something so. 
like the fact that you have all the information and the fact that it felt more it felt almost more like a puzzle like it just like clicked in a way where like i enjoy tactics games i've yeah. enjoyed tactics games in the past but like this that one and the way that um it it allowed for a sense of like um it was all movement based was really interesting like pushing pushing uh enemies into other enemies or having to push enemies into your own mechs was always really fun and interesting and like it just did so many things that i was like oh wow like this is like the most fun I feel like I've had with a Texas game in a long time. Yeah. Uh, music, this happens for me with a lot where I think about like, well, not a lot, but like more often. Um, I think about something like Frank Ocean's Blonde mm. or um, the um, uh, Mount Erie. Uh, honestly, the first time I listened to Mount Erie forever ago was like one of those moments. I was like, oh, this is an artist who is going to stick with me forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, the, I can have that. I've gotten to the point of my musical tastes where I can separate out like, oh, I'm going to listen to this for the next week or three months versus the stuff I'm like, this is going to be in my rotation indefinitely. Um, and that is that is like harder to do for me with games because I don't really have a games rotation in that way. Mm. Or if I do, it's very small. Right. That that list of games that I like return to at this point is like four things. Like I'm not the person who does the yearly return through like Link, Link to the Past or anything like that. Um, uh, and so like, oh yeah, Dragon's Dogma is on, on that list. It's all the, it's all the stuff that you could predict, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. Patrick, do you have a, a favorite something that you were like, wow, this is it. You, that could be a movie. That could be anything. Uh, no, yeah, I, I had a game one last year, which was in, the, um, uh, in the, uh, uh, in the middle of playing Hollow Knight. I remember oh, sort of saying yeah. like, oh shit, am I playing one of my favorite games of all time and I haven't <laughs> finished it yet? <laughs> That's yeah. a cool realization to have. Yeah. Um, right. And I think that's because uh, usually that's something that you and I still feel confident in saying that, you know, you know, a year out um, yeah. um, from having played uh, that game um, in which in the middle of it, it just sort of like dawned upon me like, oh, I'm playing a classic. That's yeah. cool. Usually you figure that out later or it settles with you um, or it like dawns upon you as you sort of like digest it. And instead it was like, no, I'm like. 10 hours into this 30 hour game. And like, <laughs> I've just got 20 hours of a classic in front of me. Um, and I didn't play a fraction of the DLC. Cause I just had to move on at that point right. um, to something else. But I, yeah, hollow Knight. Um, this year, not nearly as profound, but, um, Valfaris is one of those games where like every time I'm playing, I'm just like, I'm having such a, I'm having such a good time with this game. <laughs> like, this is, I, yeah. That's good. Which is nice. Um, Next one. Wait, you, oh, do you have another I one? had one other one which I did. I should have immediately come to my mind, but it, Undertale. Oh like, sure. I still get just the music will like make me emotional still to this day, um, and like I, it, it it definitely happened during the playing of it where like at a certain point when like things start to become clear. Uh, you're just like, oh shit! This game is like really doing uh, a lot more than it seems at first, and it's uh, also like so wittily and funny, writ- funnily written. Like, it really stuck. It's stuck with me to, uh, for. It was one of the. It was one of the first games that I personally felt uh, was a way I could make an argument to other people about games as art back when mm. that was still like a thing that 
I mean, this was before I was in. Yeah, you know, yeah I know. True. Yeah. But like, yeah, before you were in the space where that discourse has happened thirty times. Right. Exactly. You were just like interested in having. You were yeah, totally. Yeah. I get you. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. Undertale was definitely like, boom! Wow. Okay, this is really cool for yeah. sure. Uh, I think actually, there's particular moments in that game there. I'm like. Because I, I like really don't love the first hour of that game, like the, yeah, the intro. Sure. Um, but then you you meet Sans and Papyrus, and then I think somewhere around the um, what is her name? Why am I blanking on her Undyne? name? Undyne. The Undyne fight. Yeah. I'm like, oh wow, okay, this is going somewhere cool. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, this one comes in from Paige, who says, "Hey, Waypoint Crew, when you play a game, especially an open world or open world adjacent game that has an on-screen mini map." Do you have minimap rotation on or off? If I'm put in a game with a rotating minimap, I will immediately turn the rotation off as soon as possible. I find rotating minimaps really disorienting and detrimental to me being able to learn the map, especially in a game like Yakuza, which I think has a locked map on by default, where I'm going to be spending most of my time in one area. I found this also extends to how I like to read maps and navigate in real life, preferring to look at a top-down map and know the cardinal directions in addition to the relative ones, especially when walking. Some people I've talked to have the opposite opinion or don't notice at all. What do y'all do? Are there other specific setting or control things in games that you have hard opinions on that other people might not even notice? I've never thought about this oh, in really? my life. You know that you know what uh, she's talking about, though. You know what? Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, I understand. Well, it's like relative or fixed, and you know, yeah. based on the movement yeah. of the player. I, I get it. I've just. I guess I should say, no, I don't care because I've literally <laughs> never changed it, never thought about it. I just accept the game, whatever the default settings are on for that, for the mini map, at least yeah. specifically. I think in games, I'm definitely fixed. Yeah. But in real life also, like opposite. Really? Yeah. Like in, be- you I think maybe because I have a sense of already cardinal directions, especially in New York, because it's mostly a grid. Like yeah. you can kind of tell which, what the cardinal directions already are. But if you're trying to get somewhere, I will like pull out my phone and like turn on the relative so I know which way I'm facing on the map I mean, easier yeah, than. Yeah. But in a game, because arrow. it's like, because I'm separated from that, uh, I like absolutely have to like have the mini map set still because otherwise I will, I, I get turned around. Right. For sure. I think it depends for me on the game. I think Yakuza I prefer fixed mm. because it is a grid right. system city thing where it's like, all right, north is that – the park is to the north. Right. I want that to be like a, a cardinal direction, a north star for me to just like completely orient myself by. I don't want to like – I don't want it to turn. Like I want to just see a close-up of the map as it's, as if I were holding it. I think bigger open world games I'm a little more flexible with where like um, – especially if it's not about – uh, the mini map is not about uh, navigating a small or like a, a confined space, but it is about my relationship to nearby things. And that is it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the thing with Yakuza is I'm often running from one end of, of uh, Kamurocho to the other. Whereas in um, a first person shooter that has a big, that has a mini map, really what I want is like, where are the enemies in, rel- in relation to me? Right. Where are there smaller sheds or buildings to go check out? Stuff like that. I'm not struggling to think of, the last game that I played with a mini map that was like an actual mini map and not just the compass at the top of the screen or something like that. Um, God, what, what are video games? I don't know. Um, PUBG. Was PUBG. <laughs> yeah. PUBG is a mini map. That's yeah. relative by default. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like, I would not want that to not be that. Right. I want that to be relative. Um, 
because I'm not partially, I mean, that is also because the world changes because of the wall closing in. Like, right. I don't need it to be like, well, we're going north or whatever. Right. Yeah, and um, you ha- also have a compass, a compass straight as up. well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have a compass on a relative map, it just spins with you, yeah. you know? Um, anyway, I guess a good question. Other stuff for me is like always turn on all possible subtitles. Like, I want, if I could have enemy barks be covered by subtitles, if I can have mm-hmm. sound effects covered by subtitles, I want it all on because. Yep. Otherwise, it feels like I'm missing something in the distance, uh, which is s- silly maybe, but I like it. I like it that way. Um, other, like- I wish I could turn on other console button prompts, PlayStation or Xbox on the Switch. That was another question. I will never include it. I play yes. the Switch more than I play any other machine, but... I am never going to figure out or remember <laughs> ZR and LR. I'm just not. Like, it's just yeah. not going to happen. And, the, you know, fortunately, a lot of the game, like, it's not like Mario required Like, I guess I'd figure it out if Mario required it of me. Um, but, like, the moment you put an icon, like, I'll know it intuitively, like, eventually. Like, I'm using the buttons the way they're supposed to be. But, like, the, if, like, the game, if you did, like, a quick time sequence that it said, like, hit ZR, I'd be hitting, like, all right, why, why? Like, I just can't. It's just too <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. Like, I got R1, I got L1, you know, like, you know, right trigger. Even, even right bumper and, like, right trigger sometimes I screw up. Like, the only ones I truly understand in my head are R1 and R2 and L1 and L2. And it's partially because they... They make like numerical sense um, yeah. in yeah. my head, um, and L and R like that makes sense. Like left trigger, right trigger. Like I get that. And so like the moment you go outside of that, so I guess really what yeah. So if I could just yeah. make, I want to I want to use an Xbox controller because that's the one <laughs> I prefer, and then I want I... PlayStation buttons, and then I think I'd be good. Maybe I'm too used to the PlayStation one, but the Xbox one, which most people say is the better of the two still feels weird to me because of where the well, because of the position of the sticks right the fact that both sticks aren't like the left stick is higher up and the bottom the right stick is lower down on what on, on the, the Xbox is that true I mean yeah. that's basically that's, it like I mean the, the ergo, the there is, is the like there's way, right? ergonomic arguments yeah. in terms of like holding it but I think primarily the split between people who prefer one or the other is like how do you feel about okay, the analog yeah, yeah, sticks you're and, totally I, right. and I, prefer I prefer the analog sticks in in the in the different directions too. than than hunching over uh, my hand on a on a PlayStation, so it's like that was like one of the yeah. reasons so I was happy to be about in the same spot for me. Huh. I maybe I guess it's just because I've I've also always you like had like the first Xbox I've owned I got like two months ago or whatever. Yeah, no, I definitely I do prefer the Xbox controller, and I think that must be why. I like having because that's like my home my home row in a sense, right? It's like where are my thumbs going to be on the controller most of the time? Except that my, I feel like now, it, like m- I want my thumb right, on that on that on right, right stick, stick most yeah. of the time, and it feels awkward that they're at different positions, even though they're both on sticks. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Preferences. Yeah, who could say why we get them the way we do? Uh if there's any other thing like this, I don't think so. Next one comes in from uh, uh, Caps Locked on the Discord channel. Who says, something I've been curious about with this and other games media outlets is what are your hours day to day? Uh, what, what do they look like, especially on podcast days? Do you typically try to still do uh, 40 hours slash eight, day, uh, eight hour day, 40 hours a week, eight hour days? Or does this change when you have a two to five hour podcast in the middle of your day? 
Understandably, it sounded like y'all were a lot busy when Waypoint started. Also curious how much this has shifted between different companies you've been a part of, if you can say. Uh, I think it's a good question, especially because there's been a thread going around lately in the world of games, uh, Twitter, about the like long uh, right. <laughs> review times and the crunch that comes from getting a review code late when you're like, I got to turn around this 50-hour game uh, in three or four days plus a review. Um, I've definitely been on on the other side of that for sh for sure, both as a freelancer and as a full time writer. I'm curious, uh, Patrick. You you've probably worked at the most places. I do not mean that as a drag. Uh, is there no, like a, I've survived. I'm a I'm a cockroach man. That's <laughs> absolutely right. Uh, is there a what's your day? Has your day changed over the years? What's it look like now? What's it? What does it look like in other places? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, uh, I mean, fundamentally, there's always a, an issue. With, and this is true, more true if you're freelance, um, because your money is uh, uh, more consistent um, and usually less than what people are making full time. But this is also true as a full time journalist, critic, whatever. Uh, is that um, like it's very rare to play games during the day, and um, at Waypoint we have. We tried really hard to internalize that that is a bad thing and that people should be afforded time to play games, specifically, especially when you're reviewing them, where you're, you're trying to finish them and it's not just, you know, trying to put in an hour or two so you can talk about it on a podcast. Um, because, like, I don't, you know, the – look, I especially at Waypoint, I stick pretty closely to a 40-hour week. Like, I, I start at 930. I'm at, I end at 530. Yep. A lot of that is dictated because – my kid's daycare closes and I need to go get them. And then once she's involved, it's like all bets are off until she goes to bed. And so my life is uh, pretty rigidly structured around my responsibilities with her. Um, that said, I spend, and this is true for anyone who writes about games, is like I spend an extra 20 yeah. hours a week, probably at the very least playing video games. Um, that's unpaid. It's just unpaid built-in overtime that is part of the job. Um, it's that that could be me playing time with a game to figure out: Can I write about it? Should I interview this person? It could be I'm gonna play it because it's for a podcast. Maybe it's for an art. You know what I mean? Like you spend a lot of time. That's just unpaid. Like it's just built into the job where it's like cool. Same way that like <laughs> I've never worked for a place that has bought me my own hardware. Waypoint is actually the first time that ever. Fucking happened. right. Yeah, we did it. But that's not you. <laughs> that's because you and I both had the same internalized yeah. understanding that's yes. like, oh, like a, a, a switch comes out, like time to buy that. And then Joel, bless yeah. his soul, yeah. um, you know, he's off at Crooked Media now and was with us for a number of years. I remember um, <laughs> when the PS4 Pro came out oh. and I was in like a, our Discord and I was like, ah, that seems like useful and like would help me with my job. Do I really need it though? Like probably not. I'm probably okay. And then he like messaged me. He's like, do you think that would help you with your job? Like I was like, yeah, because you know, like it's a better version of the game. It's a version that a lot of people are going to play and be good to know. And he's like, all right, cool. Well, like I'll just go on Amazon and buy you it and it'll come out of the budget. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah, dude, a company excuse? is going to pay for the hardware? Like, I'm already, like, I don't know what will happen next year. Joel's not hitting anymore. Yeah. I'm just expecting I don't know I'm going to take a $1,000 hit next year for paying a for a new Xbox yep, and new PlayStation unless I'm reviewing them somehow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Anyway, uh, that the... is like that's just like a broader sort of like uh, the, the the hours are long. You're unpaid for lots of stuff that involve playing video games. And there are also expenses that are built into that come out of a similar sort of uh Yeah, like – uh, 
I buy a lot of Steam games that I don't end up writing about um, because like, well, I've got to check this out for for coverage. And like, it's a small thing. More, this was actually more when I was at GB, where like the we would get a code for something, but I didn't want Alex to be the only one talking about it. And, right. you know, at the time, I, we were not sharing any sort of like Steam press account or anything like that, except for <laughs> in the office. In the office, we had your right. old press account right. so we could do stuff yeah. there. So I would do that sometimes to go in and, and check that out after work. Um, uh, so lots of like those purchases. I, the, the funniest thing about coming to Vice, like in terms of differences, um, uh, is that here is this is a structure where it's a mainstream media company in a way that not that CBS Interactive which owns like GameSpot and Giant Bomb was not that, not that Geo Media, right. which, you know, Kotaku, like those places are big mainstream media outlets, but there's a, a sort of like um, Waypoint was much closer to the editorial like leadership than what like Giant Bomb was to CBS yeah. in, Interactive, excuse me. There was no like weekly meeting where, where, Everyone was like talking together and stuff like that in the same way, in my experience anyway. And so we we ran into issues. We've run into so many issues here, both positive and negative, that have been like, wait, this is what games journalism does? Why did they do it that way? And so one <laughs> is like Joel obviously being like, no, I'm going to take care of people. I don't know what budget this is going to come out of, but we'll figure out where to get an Xbox One, One X from. Um, the other uh, example, though, is stuff like, there was a moment when, when I first got here, we had to fill in a weekly timesheet. Um, Patrick, are you still doing that? Are you still doing your your? Oh, they they stopped they letting it. That? I think okay. uh, I stopped doing it, and then they yelled at me it. for not yeah. doing it. And I don't know. But we are salaried. They, so the thing is, yeah. we are we were. I'm not anymore. I'm now contract. But when I was here full time, and Patrick still is salaried, which just means like you're going to get your paycheck no matter if you work. 80 hours that week or 40 hours that or 35 hours right. that week. Like that is the that right. is the way it works. There are expectations uh, and and you know as a boss, you know, you do your best to blah 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 blah. But like that's how that check is gonna be that check. There is no way to get like, hey, I worked overtime. Um and so at the time when I first started, I was like eight day if fucking I worked eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, eight it hours done. Depends on how much you get paid. I I believe that. Yeah, it's we, like over yeah. Uh under I think the cutoff was recently raised to 55k and then if you're under that and salaried you can still you can legally most salaried positions over time in editorial start at 55k right, exactly right. where that cutoff right. happens. Um, <laughs> surprise. You know what? Wow, what you a coincidence. Oh, huh, yeah. weird. Um, <laughs> but at the time I was like I worked 40 hours this week. What the fuck ever? Then there was one of many regime changes that we've been through here, uh, and some new people were in charge of, of counting up how many hours everyone worked. We're very efficiency-minded and very much wanted to know what did people spend their time doing. And so we moved to a system where instead of just putting in eight hours every day, we had to put in project codes for every individual thing we did. So like, hey, if I'm playing a game for research, that's editorial development. If I'm writing, that's editorial like content. If I'm recording a podcast, that's audio and visual production. If I'm prepping for a podcast, that's audio and visual pre-production. Like you, you remember that that era was like for a year we had to fill out these very specified forms. And so I was like, all right, I guess I'll do that. And so I ended up submitting week after week. 70 hour forms because I was counting pre-production hours uh, right. in terms of like, okay, this is what I did on Monday. Then yeah. I got home and I played this game for four hours and then I took notes about it for 30 minutes or whatever. Um, and 
I got called into a room by someone in managing from in, in kind of at the time was like a new managing editor for the floor. And she was like, why are you working so many hours? I'm like, I've been working this many hours since I launched the website. She was like, well, what if you stopped doing some of this? I was like, I would love to stop doing some of this. <laughs> Which thing here do you want me to do less of? She's like, well, can you not do as much pre-prep before doing coverage? I was like, games are 50 hours long. Yeah. To write a review, mm -hmm. I have to play, honestly, at least at least half of that to feel comfortable yeah. writing something critical if it's a review you know I, I can do a take and this is like after we just launched reviews again and be like <laughs> this is a review uh, and I was just like I have to explain this to you but on the other hand but I mean the other half of that conversation is like well what can I cut away from could I do some of that here at, at the office and everyone of course is like yeah of course definitely and it's like okay but you're still booking me for 30 meetings a week right. I still have to write stuff I still have to be in the podcast I cannot be in the podcast studio and playing a game for review at the same time. <laughs> um, and it is it is a real endemic problem with the job. Like, games are fucking long. Games yep. are not like movies where you can blow through one in two hours, do a rewatch or two if you wanted to be like, you know what, I'm going to sit with this. I really want to revisit a couple scenes. Um, it's also just difficult to revisit parts of games yeah. for, for crit in that way, uh, unless they give you really like good save system, really robust save system. Um, and so like you got to like, oh, man, I am, I am shout outs to everyone reviewing Death Stranding, which seems like a very long game. Mm -hmm. um, I will say they, at least in that instance, um, Yes. This is like yes. they gave they they um like we've had code for uh, almost a full week now. They were specific in like the email, like, "Hey, you're gonna have three weeks with this game before yeah. you have to hit publish." Breath of the Wild was the I same will, like way. Sony specifically and Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> this is also true. Like, they're both those companies are like really good at historically really good um in the last like couple of years specifically like getting you code in advance, getting you like all set up so that you can like play a game at a pace that feels closer to like not just not necessarily like oh play it like a normal person but like it fit it like, can fit within your life in a way that doesn't break you i know people in this thread who uh there's a lot of uh uh, uh reviewers sharing horror stories i remember fallout new vegas specifically being one of the worst ones of all time because that game came out on a tuesday and code came in on a friday yeah um and even if you mainline fallout new vegas that is a game that is you know, bare minimum 40 hours. Um, I want to say Brad did that for us. At oh, Giant. That was pretty Jesus. early on at me at Giant Bomb. Um, and he was really looking forward to that game. And like, there's nothing worse than like playing a game you're enjoying, even loving, but like having to do so much of it so fast. I remember Gita Jackson griping about finishing out like uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, a game that she liked a lot, but yep. being like, ah, it sucks to like be an hour 60. Um, in the second week when you'd rather do this over the pace of like, you know, a month and a half or, or two months. Um, and those are gripes coming from, uh, you know, full-time employees in which, yes, you're putting in extra hours, but at least uh, you have a consistent paycheck that you can build your life around. Like I, I know what some of the threads coming out of this um, conversation were why freelancers should probably increasingly turn down like big ticket seemingly big ticket, like long games. Because if you think about, okay, a game's going to take you 40 hours, then it's going to take you what, at least an afternoon, if not a full day to like write like a, a good piece, which includes edits that go back and forth, blah, yada, yada. Yep. It's like, I know how much everybody pays and there's not a world where the hour per hour for, let's say, 
let's say Death Stranding is 40 hours. I have, I have no idea. Let's just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's say it's, say it's 40 hours. Um, 40 hours plus, let's say, eight hours for, like, writing, editing, going back and forth. A review is finalized in an eight-hour period. You're looking at 50 hours. In no world are you being paid enough um, for a review, like – you know, even, you know, 10 years ago, something like that, maybe you could have, you know, if you're writing for a magazine, you could get like $1,000 or something for that, yeah. but that's not what you're, Never, it's not uh, what you're paid the now. Most I, I will tell you yeah, that. Absolutely. Even, even we, like I, you know, uh, I think we pay competitive rates for what we do. One of the reasons we don't do a lot of freelance reviews is because I'm, uh, again, I keep saying I as if I'm still making these decisions, but the reason that, that I didn't do it for years. They're unfair. They're There's unfair. no way to pay someone yes. proportionally. I would do my best to pay the work they put more, in. especially if there was a quick turnaround time on mm. that stuff but the it was not like an easy or a like a, a, a thing to, to hand off to someone for a fair amount you know the most i ever got paid as a freelancer ever for a review was i think the project cars review i did for game spot game spot because the something happened with the embargo and I was able to do an impressions piece and then also a review Ooh, and that boosted like well if you fancy. do an impressions piece here's another hundred dollars <laughs> and you're doing it in quick turnaround so here's another hundred dollars yeah. and like the total for that three thousand five hundred words was like five hundred dollars uh I was oh, like, that's terrible oh, that's dude, so, it's so rough it's really bad um uh it's a lot of work for the per hour thing right like yeah. I was making as much as a TA when making no money as a TA uh, the, the, it's a bad industry at this stuff. And part of the reason why it's bad is there's, uh, part of the reason why it's bad is because there's, there's only just now lots of organization inside of these places. Right. I mean, I know for instance, that the vice union, like making this company treat its freelancers better has been a big priority, uh, here. And then, like, we raised our rates earlier this year for what we pay freelancers. So it's a lot of like getting people in power and kind of coalescing that power such that decisions can be made to improve uh, freelance conditions. But I do think games have a particular difficulty with this because of the length of investment that goes into, you have no idea how many shitty games I, I played as a freelancer for, you know, I, how long was fucking um, Codename Steam? The worst game I've ever played for review, probably. <laughs> oh, uh, that the Nintendo strategy Nintendo game. Strategy. Yeah, it was like it was like a Nintendo take on like third person tactics. The, it was the like advanced war, the advanced wars team. Yeah, and it was trash. It was one of the worst games I've ever played for review, uh, and it was. It was like, I think I was on a, a thread with Justin McElroy on an email chain to be like, how the fuck do you get through these late game fights? It was miserable. It was like down to the wire on that embargo. One of those games also, there was a GameSpot review. So I was like, I have to finish this. That is the policy is to finish this game unless there is like unforeseen serious change for, you know, uh, circumstances. Um, uh, and it was, you know, you're spending dozens of hours of your life just focused on this one thing in a quick window to then get paid, you know, I think that was like a $300 review. And it was like, this is not, nothing about this is worth it. Mm -hmm. Except, mm -hmm. except the thing that ends up being like, well, you are expected to do that to build a portfolio, to build right. a resume out, right. to build connections, to build all the stuff that you need to eventually shake the hand of the person who edited that piece, right? Like, you know. Well, and, and reviews are a concrete thing, and especially if you're like early on where you're still building the muscle of pitching like wholly unique ideas. Not that you don't do wholly unique writing right. and a piece of criticism or a review. Um, 
But depending on the outlet, maybe you are just writing something that is more or less like thumbs up, thumbs down. Is this good? Tell me what it is and tell me if you enjoyed playing it. Yeah. And like, especially early on when you're building that out and maybe you don't even have the clout or the right ideas to like be pitching features, which right. pay the most, like features probably pay the most and are probably the most in know, line with feature writing, right. the most in line with the amount of time you're putting in versus what you're getting out. Um, that's like absent transcriptions, which are like the equivalent of playing like a long video game um, <laughs> in terms of how, how long that can require uh, you to put in. But um Reviews makes you know it's it's a thing. It's like they send you the game, you beat the game, you say if you liked the game. Like it's a it's an easy <coughs> input output relative right. to features and news Chasing writing that can like go in a lot of and, di- yeah, yeah, yeah can yeah. go in a lot of different directions. So it's like it's understandable why that becomes like a bread and butter. And especially if you get in in an outlet where you get in, you know, as we we're talking about, especially if you're a freelancer, where it is so critical to get regular work and getting paid regularly for that work. So maybe it is the case that, you know, you're able to get in with an outlet where you can fit it in. Like, I understand the time I put into this versus the money I get out, and that pays X, Y, and Z bills, and I can structure my life in a way. Um, Like, I have friends that do reviews, but, like, some of the friends that do reviews, like, they do, like, gadget reviews, where it's, like, they're reviewing, like, tons of different phones. Right. You just don't have to put in the same – like, you're bringing in a lot of, like, institutional knowledge to a review, and then it's just – what does this one do differently? Right. And they can just churn through devices in a way that you just cannot do with video games to the same. Right. Like I think about if degree. I was reviewing Disco Elysium, right, the game we talked about on Tuesday's episode, mm-hmm. I would need to put in fifty hours, mm-hmm. or however long that game is, at least. And you'd that. have to finish that game. That's to, a game you'd have to finish. That's a game I'd have to finish. I'd br- I'd actually want to dip through the first five hours again, making different choices to see how different it is. Right. I'd have to like really sit and think about what that thing is and what it does and does it do it well and yeah. what's it re- how does it relate to a certain context. I mean, this is also part of my beef with not my beef with, but like if I could snap my fingers and change the way all this works, uh, and have as much time as I wanted to do reviews, I would want to go remind myself how Planescape Torment worked. I would want to think about right. other games that this compare that, that not just think about, read about, revisit, put right. this in a context, do like capital C criticism uh, in a way that is informed, even if that doesn't end up showing up in the text. Do you know what I mean? And there are times when I've done this this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when I before I, I reviewed Far Cry Five, I went back and played through some of Far Cry Two, some of Far Cry Three, and some of Far Cry Four. I didn't like, play them all the way through. But I was like, what? Let me just revisit the arc of this fucking series. Like, what has happened yeah. in the modern <laughs> you know implementation of this? Like, and that made that review stronger because I had a better sense of of how it changed and what the context was. Um, and and I know that's not every review isn't trying to be that particular thing. Um, but I'm someone who d- deeply believes that reviews can be just about anything. You can do a point by point. Is this worth your money thing? You can do the Simon Parkin uh, from this week in the in the New Yorker that begins like oh, with geez. an anecdote. Simon, <laughs> Simon, Simon, Simon. Listen, listen. Anecdotes are a thing in the writer's tool belt, you know, and you're allowed to bust them out. If yeah, I, I would rather the world of reviews include that review and also my review. Sure, yeah, that no. has it's, yes a big honk in the middle of it. You know what I mean? That's a, that is a, a healthier review uh that is a much healthier um kind of environment of reviews than one in which everything is like does the does the goose do enough are there enough puzzles does the goose's honk sound good um those reviews also exist anyway um but to get there to get to like the healthiest world of reviews you would need a complete change in the way this whole structure works. Um, part of the, the thing, you know, and, and I think part of one of the solutions that, that people arrived at 
uh, to this dilemma was what Giant Bomb did and what, you know, I definitely did in Giant Bomb. We've done a little bit here is personality-driven content mm-hmm. that does not require final analysis, that requires uh, less, you know, you, you because you're not putting the word review on it, you're able to say like, oh, hey, um, I prepped this for a quick look. I prepped this for the podcast. We can have a good con- a conversation about Disco Elysium, uh, even though I only played three or four hours of it. Right. Um, let me tell you, the podcast will traffic the Disco Elysium transcript that we did. I can't check these numbers anymore, but I promise you the transcript of our conversation of Disco Elysium trafficked about as well, maybe not as well, but about as well as the review that would have taken me 60 hours, 70 hours mm-hmm. to get together. And that motive is, Or whatever more you got would not have been worth what that's you right. gave the up extra in order to accomplish it. 10,000 views or right. whatever. Even if it was like- the best review I've ever written in my life, yeah. um, especially with a game like that, that is at a um, is a niche title to some degree. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The same, by the way, goes for really small games that we talk about here every now and then where we're like able to give I mean, the opposite in some ways. Right. Like you write about a game on uh, that you've never that people have never heard of and you put it up on the site. Uh, maybe you've given it 10 hours. You really liked it. You wrote a really I just great... did this with Alfaris, right. a game that no one had heard of. And I played and was like, ah, shit, I got to want to tell the people. Right. I have no idea what the what the hits were on that review uh, or that, that piece. I stopped looking at traffic months, months ago. Months ago, great. <laughs> uh, I, I bet not great. Probably okay, but probably not great. Probably and, better. And mostly built on the excitement of like what, however I sold it on Twitter. On, like, on Twitter. Probably yeah. like very close to like how many people, the impressions of the tweet pretty track pretty closely with like the amount of traffic on totally. the story. <laughs> but by using the platform of the podcast, you're definitely hitting X people who are yes. going to be more yes. than that because the podcast is so popular. Yeah. I think that response has been good in the sense that um, by focusing on things like quick looks, which require you to prep a game for a few hours, but not, not beat it. Yeah. Uh, or podcasts, you take a lot of labor off of the backs of your workers uh, and you make that a lot more fair. But the counter argument is that is not the same, uh, not saving the same purposes as deeper criticism. Right. And it's even more inaccessible for freelancers who do not already have audiences in most cases, who are not going to be able to be on a big podcast somewhere, not going to be able to be on a video. Um, I, though I think I do suspect that is part of why the YouTube boom and the podcast boom have been attractive is like, here is a way I can start building an audience, uh, start speaking my mind, start sharing my opinions that does not require uh, as much um, like – I mean, not that there are not YouTubers who do tons and tons and tons and tons of work for their videos, but I'm, I'm really thinking about people who are playing Let's Plays and, and, and things in that space. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it is an evolving space, and I hope. Well, and there's, and there's also Kotaku uh, uh, sort of, like, modeled this out with right. the, like, post-release coverage in which um, – so the other problem here is that let's say you invest 40 hours into playing a game, writing about it, and is that it? You just write the review and it turns out, ah, I, I don't know. People just didn't really didn't read your review or the game didn't land. And even though it was a good game, it's like, you know, was the 42,000 page views like worth the 45 hours you put in? Probably not. Like for like you can almost fart on a page and get like a better like <laughs> like a time per click uh, in, investment. Whereas like Kotaku, if, if it's not if, – if the review is just laying the marker for future – coverage is saying ah i'm interested in this i am an expert at this right um i'm going to continue to follow this community and what this game does 
Um, and I, you know, I was over there as some of th- that stuff was playing out. And like, I, I'm very much, um, I brought a lot of that to, to Waypoint. It's, it's, you know, it's filtered out considerably, um, <coughs> since they sort of modeled out that idea, but, but yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's, a, it's, it's, it's digging into individual games longer so that the initial investment you put in it, which is lengthy, then pays off because you're the kind of person that can then watch a community and be like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. And pulling out those stories, telling those stories doesn't require as much labor because you've you've done it all up front or a lot of it up front to, to, to build that institutional knowledge of what is this? How does it work? What would be interesting? Why would I want to share it? So totally. Uh, yeah, basically freelancers don't do reviews unless you have to. It just doesn't really work out. It's so tough. I, the, for me, it, it, it served me well to build a, a um, not just to take those reviews when I needed the money and when I thought it was mm-hmm. able to fit into my my budget and my schedule that that month, uh, but also to do a lot I of that mean, so work with for you, myself. even specifically, right? Like Watch Dogs, right? Yep. Like, well, that uh, wasn't you know, a review. Battle, That's failed. the thing. They no one. Oh, uh, what. The I, Battlefield one was though, the right? The Battlefield one was absolutely one of those things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So like that was great at the time. I was working for I was writing for Paste, who gave me a lot of leeway with what I was doing. Hmm. People aren't out here shouting out my reviews of the, you know, uh Dragon Age Jaws of Hakan DLC for GameSpot or my Project Cars <laughs> review or my Grow Up <laughs> review or Grow Home review, whatever it was on, on GameSpot. Whereas Paste let me take some shots with pieces like the watchdogs and shadow of mortar one or the battlefield hardline one or, or other stuff like that. And that ended up being like finding someone who gives you that leeway was, was really important to me uh, as a, as a young writer. Um, but at the same time, like those reviews got seen by no one except for Patrick, except for <laughs> other editors in the space. And at that point it's like, well, there were definitely moments where I was like, I'm just going to write this on my own site instead of pitching it around. I'm just going to write this on my own blog, things like the Animal Crossing mm-hmm. piece I did. It's like, I don't need, at this point, I'm going to spend a week pitching this around, a week hearing people say no to it, uh, and then I won't have it anywhere. I'll just like be stuck with it. Let me just write it for me, put it out there, and hope that I've built enough fo- followers on Twitter that will spread it if, if it's good. Um, and that is, there is a roll of the dice on that shit. Like, mm-hmm. I do not believe for a second that this is like I got where I am because of mer- meritocracy or something like that. Like, you know, I probably got no. that fucking giant bomb offer or the opportunity to even interview for it because there were enough people who like could recommend me for it, but also because Alex probably thought I was funny on Twitter. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that shit mm-hmm. is is half of that is luck. Easy. So I don't know if you're out there trying to bust into this industry please don't beat yourself up. Uh, it is at such a weird place right now. Also, even in the you know the handful of years where this has been my full-time gig, the budget situation in media has changed so much. The ways in which big sites are yeah, operated. Yeah, it's a bad place right now, and if we had any sort of recession, it is just... Yeah, it's gone. Dude, I don't even know. Like, if we hit a recession... It is going to be very rough in the world of games journalism uh, for for a minute. Mm-hmm. Whole Facebook video shit, like really. Oh my god! <laughs> Time to go write Fortnite copy. Honestly, listen, season yeah. three. Those let's go. Waypoint season. Black black hole. There was a black hole. Yeah, season two hit. Game stopped. The game stopped for a while. That was cool. I like that, yeah, that was, mechanism for delivering updates. It was like and stuff they like need that. to do some server updates, anyways. They're going to take yeah, it down. Let's but take it's it down. Be neat. <laughs> that was cool. That stuff was good. People should look into that if they, if they missed that. Uh, here's an easy, here's a much easier one. 
Um, this one comes in from Richie, who says, all the discussion of finding time to get back to Divinity Original Sin 2 has had me thinking about my favorite genre, the fantasy RPG. Fantasy feels unique to me in the way your character engages in combat, says so much about how they interact with the world. Someone who wields two daggers is just, is just different than someone who fights with a two-handed axe or a flail or lightning magic. Are there fantasy archetypes you're always drawn to when making RPG characters? More importantly, if you were a fantasy character, what kind of character would you be? Y'all have like a default class you you go to in like a fantasy RPG? Uh, Archer. Archer? Archer. I like to be I like to be at a distance. Like poking like away at like... stuff. Is that in line with you as like a person? Is that like what's that what part of you draws you to that? I think it's because I want like the characters I usually play are distance characters that can get up cl- like, but can also the option of getting up close. So yeah. I was like, yeah, you have like the, like a like a backstab. Uh, gives me options. Also, I want okay. options. You want options? Okay. Same, but I usually try to find the closest thing to a like mixed class between caster and some light melee or melee or something. Yeah. So like. Best of both worlds. Like, 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 uh, druids usually kind of fit this oh, mode a little sure. bit, right? Yeah, you've got some uh, magics that you could do, and then like you can also turn into a bear, turn into a bear, and fucking yeah, yeah, yeah hit yeah. shit, maul so, someone. Yeah, gotcha. Generally in that space, I in like video games, especially and RPGs, like I spent most of my time until my like t- mid twenties playing like rogues mm-hmm. almost exclusively mm-hmm. quick classes yeah. classes with like you know backstabs and lots of attacks per second and like very like agile characters i've always like into that style i suspect there's some degree of that that was like i was a fat kid and wanted to play games where i got to be like tiny mm-hmm. uh and that is like the world of fat phobia just like crushing in on your brain in yep. weird ways um, and then in my 20s, I actually started moving towards tank classes a little bit. Like when I played um, Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, I was playing a tank uh, tank build on that pretty much like on both of my main characters. And part of that was social. Part of that was like I wanted to be able to help my friends who wanted to play other roles. And I was happy to be in that tank class. But also tanks and MMOs tend to be like in leadership positions in the sense of like guiding the group of where to go and you know calling out which groups to fight and stuff like that mm-hmm. and that was like a moment in my life where I was like really into that um, and at this point it's tough because like I want to try a little of everything like you uh, Kato I, yeah, I think yeah. like when I played through Dragon Age Inquisition I was whatever the subclass was that let you do like magic sword shit like right. there's like you could summon a, basically a lightsaber yeah. at any point that was dope <laughs> um, I was definitely that which like gave me access to both worlds now I'm just like very flexible. I like I I take games one at a time and say like, well, what do they do well? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if there is a game that is like does a lot of cool like trickery a lot, like I'm happy to be a gadgety class or like a trap based class. Um, whereas if it is just like I feel like this is a game where I want to get up in some someone's face and smash them, like I'm happy to to do. Probably never like very rarely straight up warrior. Like uh-huh. I always want a little bit of a flair. Yeah, to that. Totally. you know what I mean. Uh- I just realized also this definitely changes for me at least if I'm playing alone or in a group. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, solo, I'm trying to have as many options as I can, basically. Yeah. Uh, in a group, though, I actually tend to go for something that's ranged but also support if I can. Like, yeah. like because uh, for some reason, it always seems like the thing that's that nobody wants to do anyways, yep. but it can still be fun and like – you know, I'm playing Warlock in Destiny, and I'm putting down rifts and healing people and shit. And yeah. You, like, that's, you know. 
in in a group I I enjoy like playing the support role a lot. I yeah, I definitely think if I the second part of this question is like if you were a fantasy character, what would you be? Mm. Definitely multi-class. Like I definitely have just dipped my toes into too many things and I guess I would say like some sort of like wizard or scholar but then also bard probably Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is not which is kind of a corny combo straight (laughs) up i know what the fuck it is but that's that's probably where i where i slide in you know i don't know but like none of us are going to be paladins none of us are going to be no there's a thread going around twitter right now or there was a couple weeks ago i guess um I was like in defense of the paladin. Like the D and D paladin is lawful good. Well, it's it's different, but like the the archetype is sure. like here is the team cop. Here is the person in your team. The kind of like recurring joke about paladins or or the, the kind of the the thing that they fall into a lot is you have the one person in your team who's like we shouldn't steal from people. Yeah. Uh, and but the rest of your team is like we should rob this place. <laughs> this is look at all this dope shit. Yeah. And the, the pounds we shouldn't kill people unless they're evil, and then we should definitely kill them. Yeah. Uh, but then we th- have a moral obligation to kill to them. kill them. <laughs> there was a thread going on that was like, no, you could do paladins as like Antifa. Like you can do like anti-fascist warriors of justice yeah, paladin. Yeah. It's like yeah, you could. I get where you're coming from. It's like the the the, the way you 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 think around that, right, is the set of laws that you've set up, right? Yeah, lawful, but lawful in... is in D&D lawful is a is a reflection of the established law of the land. It can be. Some your of them internal morals. You, no, is, no, 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 but like right? it could be like uh like uh religion based, right? Sure. It is, like it is religion based technically. It is. There are paladins yeah. that follow certain deities and those deities have Laws that they've set forth totally that you that makes sense follow instead. Yeah, right? like, I think it's hard right now, given the state of the world. Yeah, to associate lawfulness with anything but repression. Right. Um. It, like so. like like law in general does mean some sort of state. regulation and exclusion yeah. and yeah 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 absolutely. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we cannot go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I think that's me. I think I'd be like a wizard or a scholar. Or, you know, and probably a wizard. Wizard suggests specifically like doing the work of study versus like a sorcerer, which right. is like deep, like internal magics or like demon bonding or whatever. Like right, wizard right. and then bard, I think is what I would be. I feel like I would lean towards something that's almost not fantasy. Sure. Personally, I like to tinker a lot. So like huh? alchemist, okay. if you're in, within, yeah. within like straight fantasy stuff, but then like the, the like you know when you get like the very early guns into fantasy yeah. stuff and things like that where it's like you're a gadgeteer or yeah, a, a, yeah yeah I got you which is part partially probably why I think machinist for the for that Final for Fantasy Prime yeah is. definitely <laughs> Patrick which archetype which fantasy archetype are you in your life I guess there was some I I go I'm a bet I'm gonna say something don't... different for you I think. Hmm. What do you think? I actually think that you are like a sword and board warrior. Like I think, you know, sword. My thought was like, yo, I want to be in that tavern getting fucked up. You know, I'm about to say something, Patrick. Again. I'm gonna let you live your life. It came out, and then I was it like, sure "That's not what I meant." I guess it could fit the it character. Fit the character. But that's not what I meant. I'm very right? I was, I, you know, I listen. No, I'm I not meant here to just like judge. someone at the table, yeah. big, big thing of, a yes. big thing of mead, and just like getting fucked. Gulp, Got it. Gulp, gulp. I think that that's accurate. The thing that I was gonna say is, you enjoy the life's simple pleasures, but you're reliable. Mm-hmm. 
you're like you yep. do the day to day like grind work. Do you know what I mean? Like that's why I'm thinking mm-hmm. like just a, like a warrior. You got a shield. You fucking take the hits. You deal it out. You know it's not flashy. It's nothing fancy. Right. What do you need me to do? I gotta kill that thing. Yeah, got it. Got it. See it. See at the tavern. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think that's great. I think that that's that's accurate. Good luck in the tavern there. By the way, I just hope everything goes well for you. Thank you. In general, uh, let's do a couple more and then we'll wrap up here. Um, uh, da, da, da. I pulled a bunch of these. Uh, here's a great one from Dylan. If you had the chance to use any kind of construction slash industrial vehicle, what would you choose? I'd totally drift around on a big forklift. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Shenmue 3 is coming Shenmue out in a couple 3, weeks. will be out in a moment. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shit. What would you do? I think I'd be so afraid of fucking something up that yeah. my that I want to go towards something where I'm like, it's okay if I fuck up. So like a dirt digger, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like all I gotta do is build a. You're just going dig wait, a hole. You get. I, you could fuck someone. Someone else would have to. Te- someone else would have to tell you like there's a pipe in the yeah, way. Yeah, it's I not know. your fault if you hit that. pipe. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Whereas like I don't want to do anything about moving stuff. I don't want to crane. I don't want to lift anything yeah. above anyone. That's scary. Uh, That's scary. I don't want a fucking. I don't want to be a wrecking, a wrecking ball. ball. You, just, you would just. You would just. <laughs> but hit that but other. how about in a in a perfect situation where yeah. they're just like pull this hook and lever and watch that thing fall over. <laughs> I feel like I'd fuck it up. Still. I'm just so worried. <laughs> yeah. You would, I would hit my own machine yeah. somehow. Like oh, I'd get Jesus. the momentum wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. agreed. Uh. Uh, this one's in from Quan in Oklahoma. Question bucket colon in defense of Chuck E. Cheese. First off, let me clarify. This will wrap around the video games. Trust me. My name is Quan. It's Long- fine. You could just say in defense of Chuck E. Cheese, and I'm with you, brother. Yeah, I was same. There a I was about to say. Did it's we fine. say something about? Did, yeah. Did we? Cheese? I don't know. Long- we talked about Chuck E. Cheese. Long time because listener. I took Jessica there. Ah, yeah. uh, and first and finally writing into y'all. A couple weeks back, Patrick brought a bad pizza that he would threaten himself with ordering and mention Chuck E. Cheese. As someone who worked in the kitchen of <laughs> yeah, Chuck E. Cheese go. for four years and also has worked at a Pizza Hut, Domino's, and Papa John's, I felt the need to jump to the defense of Mr. Cheese. The biggest defense, uh, the biggest difference and factor between all these chains and their pizza is their dough, their cheese, and how fresh it is. Both Domino's and sure. Papa John's get their dough delivered to them pre-mixed and rolled into dough balls to be pressed out as well as their cheese pre-shredded in bins. Pizza Hut also gets their dough delivered premix as well, but they shredded their own cheese. Chuck E. Cheese mm-hmm. makes their dough daily from scratch and lets it ride on for two site. days before using it. They also shred That's their slow own rise. cheese daily. Now, granted, <laughs> it has been two years since I worked at Chuck E. Cheese, so they may have changed their practices. <laughs> but when I worked there... Is Chuck E. Cheese a franchise, too? Yeah, yeah, I think so. They oh, yeah. changed oh, their yeah. policies from place to place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when I worked there, everything was fresh or made from scratch for the most part. <laughs> A lot of it probably depends on who you have working in the kitchen. I was a 25, 26-year-old stoner who loved making good pizzas, so I put a lot more effort into it than most did. Now, as a wraparound of video games, can you remember a time when you preemptively jumped to the defense of a game because you knew it had a bad rap, but it was better than people thought of it? Also, as an aside, you have an automatic pizza topping preference. I always go with a barbecue pizza with chicken, bacon, and pepperoni. Love the show. Keep up the awesome work. Every goddamn day with Destiny out here. Yeah, you out okay. here putting in the work, <laughs> the Destiny Shout out defender. to you. You are the Destiny Defender. <laughs> logged on You forever. are the Guardian. <laughs> Absolutely. Shout outs. You put in good work. God. People. 
We give you shit, uh, and you, you not even here, like Dark Dark just the internet. Just the internet. Like fucking... mine is Dark Souls two. I did not include a Dark Souls two question on purpose. Shout out to Nico. Nico, you're great. I do not want to talk about why I love Dark Souls two. <laughs> it's just an invitation to be have people get in my mentions. And be one sure. day, one day we'll do that. Yeah, part. one day, we'll, we'll like do, yes, but right before a vacation, like I have mm. to be about to get mm. on a cruise ship, and I'll call in mm-hmm. and be like, "All right, here's why I think Dark Souls two is great." Bye. Click. On a cruise ship, no throw one phone into the me. ocean. Yeah, throw it just <laughs> off it. That's it. It's a burner. You never hear this from is my Dark Souls Two burner it. phone. <laughs> uh, pizza it's... toppings. I'm a pepperoni person. I just am. Yeah. Um, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to the age where spicy foods are getting to be a little difficult, mm. and I I'm so mad about it because I love spicy foods. Yeah. Um, not that pepperoni is like super spicy, but it is a spicy food. Like it will cause some reaction. Um, there was a spot near my college that would do a pepperoni and feta Ooh, okay. which is like just salt it is just salt, salt overload uh-huh. yeah uh but i love the day <laughs> hell yeah um what's your pizza topping of choice I patrick can't. uh sausage pepperoni like it depends like i it depends specifically on the place you're getting it from yes. like because yeah. like I, I i order from enough local places that i like i don't like absent uh all things being equal, it, 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 just pick, you know, does someone else prefer it? I'll be fine. Like, I, I'll yeah. live. Like, I, yeah. I can take either or. But I order from enough local places that I know, like, oh, I prefer the pep, actually the pepperoni there. Oh, I prefer the sauces there. So, like, those are my two, like, baseline toppings. And I don't actually, together, it's too much. Like, mm. I mean, it's fine, but it, it, I actually like it a little more, like, pure. Like, I don't love pizza with a ton of toppings where it feels like we're getting to you know, like the supreme. lasagna lasagna stage. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Like I want it's like one supreme. primary one primary like add-on like uh and sometimes that'll be even be like you know like Italian beef or something like that. Like, I'm fine like going outside the you know the tr- the traditional walls but it's usually like one of those and then yeah you have like spinach or like you know I don't like olives. Olives is like the one thing I cannot hang with olives. Just cannot stand olives hmm. like pizza drinks just doesn't do Anything for me. So it kind of just depends. Pepperoni sausage are neutral to me. I love them both. Just depends on the place. I was trying to think of which game I reflexively defend. Defend, and I couldn't think of one off the top of my head. I've been looking at oh. bad video games, trying to see if I could find one that uh Um for me the, the things that come to bill. mind for you are like new what's the what's the three DS Mario Brothers game that you liked that a lot of people didn't love? Super Mario 3D Land. But people liked that game. Yeah. I just think it's better than people give it credit for because most a lot of people didn't play part it. of so it it's, it's less that it's a bad game as much as like ah i wish that game got more yeah recognition part which of is, it i think is... a little bit different than people didn't like people dislike dark souls too yes and you're explaining why you like it people dislike destiny yes. kind of explains why he likes but it. also people I, like I, destiny I destiny is a to... successful fucking video game yeah it is which is weird well, so that is it dark gets souls so much too. yes you're right you're right you're right um, I have, one thing that's interesting is how much tastes have changed over time mm. to the point where like we used to be able to say Dragon's Dogma here, but that game has been a success. In, yeah. No, that, that game is now in yes. not in, in cult classic. Like this is now there was a reset blockbuster. There was a reset era thread that is like, why do people love this fucking game so much? I think Dragon's Dogma is overrated. I'm like, dog, I think it has like a <laughs> seventy, maybe maybe a seventy Metacritic, maybe. When that game came out, it was it was not well loved by a lot of people. Um, same thing with like Demon Souls when Demon Souls came out, people were like, "What is this trash?" And then like, "Oh wait, mm. no, there was something real here." And then Dark Souls reminded people or brought people. 
people back yeah. to that game eventually. Uh, quick question. Yeah. Two quick questions. Yes. Pizza related. Yes. Hawaiian. Love it. Okay. Terrible. Can't Damn. Get it pizza out. can be pizza. Put it in the trash. Pizza. Literally, literally pizza won't eat it. It's like your game wow. review. Pizza reviews. Pizza reviews. Pizzas, like reviews, can be anything. They can take any shape. Hell I don't yeah. necessarily like to like. I don't need to love all of them. There are sure. lots that I do not like. I'm also not a supreme pizza person, but. I think I think the the uh, uh, Hawaiian pizza is a great indicator of the breadth of pizza's Absolutely. shape and and structure. Same thing with the barbecue chicken pizza. I'll fuck with the barbecue chicken pizza as long as it doesn't have blue cheese on it. Oh my god, that was a buffalo chicken pizza, <laughs> and that had blue cheese, and I got to get that shit. Oh, out you of said here. you said bu- barbecue, barbecue, barbecue. Oh yeah, yeah fuck yeah. yeah. Uh, second question: pepperonis on top or under cheese? I can go either way. I, I like yeah, it. I don't have a preference. It depends on the place. Yeah. And like how the pizza, it, like a greasy New York slice with pepperoni just on top. Uh-huh. Love it. Fuck me up. Yeah. But I'll like a nice slice that has been like, oh, wow, the pepperoni is like in there a little bit and kind of poking out a little bit. Sure. That's also good. I'm, I'm, I'm much more about, and, and this you want is. You that cheese on top? No, no. Other way uh, around. Okay. I want them to be crispy though like yeah. when those like when they cup up a little yeah, bit like I love that. that's that good but shit. not all the way cupped no, where it's no. like that's a pre-cupped pepperoni right you just and you almost put... ne- you almost never get that if it's going to be in the pizza yeah, it's like right. that only really happens That'll when it's on the, top, be on, top. on the yeah, crispy yeah. that's that's so good the so little good. crispy mm, corners of it oh love it that's real good adjacent to that on like the inside outside love uh a good uh, burger where they cook the cheese on the inside of the burger oh, as opposed to on the outside. Okay. Huh. Very easy to mess up, yes. but it is yeah. so delicious to bite into like a really well-cooked burger where like the gooey cheese is right in the center as opposed to just like flopping on the Ooh. outside. Like once you've had it, it like kind of ruins a lot of other, like you just <laughs> would prefer to eat burgers that way, but it's a much harder burger to make. Um, there's a place in... Minnesota that is famous for it that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, which is what converted me to it. I'm gonna try and look it up. Minnesota cheeseburger cheese on the inside. It's uh yeah, the Juicy Lucy uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Don't, don't love that um, name. One, it's uh well, sure, but I love that. No, burger. I got it. It's mm, the Juicy Lucy. Delicious. All right. I got two more questions. One of them is food. So I'm going to jump right to it. Alice writes in and says, you are at a business meeting. Important context. Mm. Business meeting. When you are offered sight unseen, either a soup or a sandwich for lunch, which do you choose? Why? Sandwich. 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 It's is that safe. even a question? Yeah. Some people like soups a lot and like a broad... If you but you're are, at a business meeting. Yeah, but everyone... But they've offered it to you. Someone else at this room is probably going to get a soup. I, Maybe wait, does the meeting stop? To are eat? we stopping? No. Are we eating during the meeting? I guess that's true. Because I, I, I like just a, like a, think about slurping on a soup while other people are talking and like maybe you taking just think about slurping bites. on a soup. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, you. I, I think there's like a, I think that there is like an accepted atmosphere of you're going to be eating food. Yeah, I think that has to be. It's like a it's like a um, an informal se- segment of sure, the meeting. Like sure. you've done two hours of like intense meeting shit, and now you're like, all right, it's lunchtime. We're not going to stop. Maybe we're going to like someone's going to give a presentation. While everyone else is eating, mm. so well, even the, that, the, even yeah. that, I know you're making noise. I, get I feel like you're gonna make more noise. Yeah, or but it's I, fine. People, I think people in the room 
I still couldn't do. I still couldn't do. I think you're focused on the wrong question. You're you're asking in the wrong direction because I think when if you are presented with the option of a sandwich or soup, so soup comes. There are different categories of soup. There's so many categories. There are, and specific. But what I mean specifically is like there is like soup on the side, and then there is like soup in a bowl, and the kinds of soup you get as just a side are often. But not exclusively different than a soup you would get in a bowl, right? Like I don't know, this is own personal preference, but like like a like a like a beer cheese soup, yeah, you know, like is that's that's a side. I want a, just a cup of that, like you don't a, want a whole, whole bowl, bowl of that. that. Right. That's so mm. much cheese. Like yeah, that's just yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a lot going into your body. Jeez. So it makes me curious in this pre- in this uh, uh, this pitch is that you're saying the soup and the sandwich are equivalent, which means we are in. Bowl of soup, or or it's a small sandwich, or it's a small sandwich. It could be like a half of a turkey, like a like a you know, not even a. Oh, it's like one of those like uh, like like Costco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre wrapped, sliced up. That's exactly what I'm thinking. It's not a. I don't. I'm not expecting a nice sandwich here. Right. This is a business. This isn't like I think someone got Panera half 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 sandwiches and the little soups that come with that. That is where I think you'd pick two situation. Yeah, the pick two, the Panera pick two situation. I think I said I go with the sandwich because like it's safer. Yes. Like the spectrum of the um the lunch, probably pre-made sandwich that someone bought at Costco or whatever is like there'll be a turkey. That'll mm-hmm. be fine. I yeah. So for me, it's there's like a risk reward. Soup here. is like I don't know. It could yeah. It could yes. be creamy. Some creamy. And I bullshit. don't want it. Some, some creamy bullshits I like, but others I don't. There the range of soup. So with the sandwich, I'm going to say up front. I don't like mayo. I know I'm going to deal with mayo on that mm-hmm. sandwich. If some, if I'm at a business meeting and someone's like, "There's you can scrape it off." One, I can scrape it off. Two, I can deal with it. I don't like sure. mayo, but I can deal with it. There are soups that I'm like, "No, I will not eat that soup." Yeah. And if someone yeah. serves me yeah. a soup that yeah. I know I will like, bar like that's like, the other thing at, though. Do you know what they are? Each? No, no, you don't. It's that's just the like whole super... premise. That's the premise of the question. Yeah. The premise is you don't know what they are. Fuck. Um, What's the gag soup? There are creamy soups that I just like cannot deal you with. You get a okay. gazpacho. Uh, right. Yeah, there's a lot of I'm I'm I. Oh, cold soup doesn't count. <laughs> you don't know that. Cold soup. You don't, don't know that. Yeah, you don't is. know that. It's no, fucking... I'm saying no. I'm declaratively <laughs> saying <laughs> okay. that. Okay. Gazpacho's a soup. Cold... Patrick Kleffick stands up Someone in the middle of the room. Well, sure. Fucking... Look, I know it's 2019. We can call anything oh whatever it wants. Gazpacho. <laughs> sorry. You fucking <laughs> enjoy your fucking <laughs> shitty Netflix special. Triggered. You fucking. <laughs> you can't just call soup. Gazpacho. <laughs> People these Jesus days. Cold gazpacho. Oh my god. Fuck off. Uh, That's the thing. If I knew that I would like either of these things, oh my god, it would serving be gazpacho cold god. soup at a at a work, lunch? A work lunch. Get out of here. Dump it out. If I if I knew that I would like either of those things, it would yes. definitely depend on the weather. It's like over fifty sandwich, uh, under fifty soup. But I have, oh. I'd have to know. Okay, you're in an office. Do you think they're just like? Everyone's in jackets. Like, what is the scenario where you're like, I no. want the soup? Well, also, we're in a cold room right now, yeah. so you cannot let that bias you. I know it kind of is. It's a f- no, honestly, this, this office, is, this, this, this office stays cold when it's cold out. Yeah, it does. So, like, you could soup it up. I could soup it up, but it it would have to be. It's it's, it's like in a world where either thing are things that I will like of that thing. Yeah, that's how I would make that decision. But unknowingly, probably sandwich. Yeah, it's safer. There are more sandwiches that I would be able to make make, make work. Th- yeah. I could pull stuff off of it. I don't yeah. want this one thing. That's yeah. that is the big thing. You can't do that with a soup, really. You can't no. be like, ah, oh, shit, this has blank in it. I don't want blank. Fuck, I want some French onion now, though. There you go. All right. I have 
two left. What you know what? One of these I'm just gonna answer and move on. Someone asked, what is an mm-hmm. album you associate with a game for like no reason? Like something you've listened you listen to the game, the album a lot while playing the game, mm. basically. And that came in from John. Um I mine for that is the Deltron Thirty Thirty album and the Fantasy Star and Fantasy Star Online, mm. uh, which has a great soundtrack. Which I love the Fantasy Star Online soundtrack, but I've listened to a lot of Deltron, uh, a lot of a lot of Del the fucking Homo sapien in general, but also Deltron Thirty Thirty during that. And I even emailed the producer about it. Wow! Uh, at the time, <laughs> I was a fucking little kid. Uh, I was a teenager, and he emailed me back and was like, "Whoa, I haven't played Fantasy Star Online. That sounds cool. Nice. We, Sega is our platform of choice here, though. I'm like that's yeah. right. Make it happen." <laughs> Does anyone else have a quick association? All right, oh, all right. Then I have a final. I don't listen to a lot of music. Okay. I have a final moral quandary here. This comes in from Rick from Michigan. <laughs> when I was in the seventh grade. I was tasked with helping run a bake sale during a parents' night at my middle school. At some point, a dad approached our table and handed – so again, Uh-oh. I – you are you are at seventh grade. You are running a bake mm-hmm. sale during a parents' night at your middle school. At some point, a dad approaches you and hands you a $10 bill and says, hey, get yourself something at the table that you're running. Instead of buying baked goods from the table, I went over to the school store and dropped the 10 bucks on a sweet new tech deck I had been eyeing. <laughs> My question, did I steal the money? I mean, the school still gets the money. What does it matter what it got spent on? There's so many questions you I have. Gave, There's so many gave, questions I have. You gave a middle schooler ten bucks. At that yeah. point, all like you've yeah. you've burned that ten dollars. Ten dollars is not going anywhere. You th- also don't. That's on. You can't have expected that middle schooler to spend no. ten dollars at the bake sale. Absolutely not. All ten. That's a lot of. Fu- all, what is he gonna buy? Like seven muffins? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is happening? <sighs> I think it's the small s stealing. Yeah. It's not grand theft. Yeah. No. It's not, um, you did not use the money in the spirit of what it was intended. No. But you still. It was a you gift. You found a rationalization. Yeah. yeah, it was a gift. And you didn't go to KB Toys to give them the $10. You kept it in the family. You kept it in the school. My only question yeah, here is. Yeah, I'm with is, you. What was the, is the bake sale, you know, budgets are weird. Budgets are weird. The way that things get shuffled around, especially at schools, can be strange. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you run a bake sale. And that money goes into a someone, some teacher's like folder that like gets put in a. It's like not this touched is our by the trip fund. Yeah, and it's this like is how I'm gonna be able to buy have, a fucking lunch for kids when we go exactly. to the museum. So like at that point, it's like, yeah, you probably stole the ten bucks from yourself. From yeah, in a sense, <laughs> you know. Um, no, definitely. You, the school store budget that does not go in no. to Ms. Phillips. That's like its own business almost. almost being, also, like, that's my big question. Am I? Do y'all have school stores that sold toys? I could not imagine no. a school that was like, yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna introduce tech decks <laughs> to this atmosphere, to this environment. My if my school could have could have stolen every tech, could have burned every tech deck in existence, it would have. <laughs> my school banned pogs. Right. What? Yeah, because absolutely. gambling. Wow. My, my school banned Pogs. My school banned Pokemon. My school was like, get the fucking tech decks out of here. Pokemon cards. Pokemon cards and yeah. the games. And what? Don't bring Game Boy to fucking school. Game Boy's for home. And I was like, no, Game Boy's for my backpack. Mm. Yeah, Game Boy's for my backpack. <laughs> That's where it lives. <laughs> no, my my, my, my elementary yeah. school had a, a like Game Boy and Furby's Day. 
Because those were the trends that were happening at the time when I was in elementary school. And they were just like, everyone bring it and we're doing this today. No other day of the year. Living in... It's not TGIF, it's GBIF. GBIF. Game Boy's... In Furbies. Put them in there. <laughs> Get them across the border. You know what I mean? You got to hide them. They're smuggling these Game Boys into school, the border of the school. You're not allowed to have Game Boys, no, but I'm allowed to have Furbies. Furbies. So put the Game Boys in there. Sneak them in. Ah, the new Breaking Bad movies. Oh. El Camino or whatever. Definitely. Yeah. Jesse Pinkman found a new routine, found a new hustle. Uh, I love the Slacky Game album. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> God. All right. On that note, we are going to wrap this up. Uh, you can send your. We have so many more questions. We have, we have some question bucket fodder here. But if you have questions, you can send them into gaming at vice.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Kato, where can people find you? At A underscore Kato underscore appears. Patrick. Uh, at Patrick Clubbeck. And we'll get to those questions because things slow down considerably once. Once we get through this rush. Death Stranding, post Call of Duty, yeah. then. Did we get, mm, we've not gotten Call of Duty code on. yet, right? I'm not. Out on that still? No. Okay. We should figure no. out what's going on with that game. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week. We'll talk Outer Worlds. Can we talk Death Stranding next week? We'll talk. We, we I can't don't talk. think there's a separate preview embargo. I think it's just it review just the fucking November first. So, I think we can talk um, Outer Worlds. So I don't think be the end of the month. Monday, but I think sometime next week we can. Um, so we'll see. Maybe we. Yeah, I want to say it was like might, the twenty. You might come back Monday and be like, yeah. well, well, more questions. Yeah, question so bucket. we'll see. We'll, we'll, I'll play some stuff over the weekend to talk about too. <laughs> um, regardless, uh, uh, we will be back on Monday to talk about more video games. Shout outs to Bowen for letting us use the track "Miss You" off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash boen. Um, I don't think we have anything else. I think we're good. I think we're free. Yeah. I think have a good weekend to everyone. Follow the Twitter. Did Follow the Twitter. Twitter. I didn't. Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Yeah. Um, as a reminder, all these are going up over on the YouTube. YouTube.com slash Waypoint Vice. Yep. Um, wait. I just remembered. I don't know if that's true anymore. Is that still true? What? Is, does Waypoint Vice still redirect directly? Let's make sure. YouTube.com slash Waypoint Yeah, okay. It does. Vice. We're good. Yeah. All those go up uh, over on the YouTube, so go check those out. Shout-outs to the great team, the media tech and video teams here, and, yeah. and also to Kato for figuring all that out. Um, so if you want to go see, if you're like at a desk and want to hear a podcast, yeah. you can do that now more easily over on YouTube. Thank you, as always, to, to everyone who's listening. Uh, have a good weekend. Peace. Hey, it's a small thing. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't take necessarily small asides I make on a podcast and then turn them into a series of articles about the PlayStation 5. Wait, what Thanks. happened? Thanks. Oh my okay. God. See this? No. You've... My, uh, I was unaware of how far this had spread. What the fuck? Um, but the aside, the aside I made about like, hey, I've heard the PS5 has like history associated with it. I don't know exactly what that means, but that's been like a term, common term that's been associated with it for a couple of years. And I've right. talked to people who would know that just got thrown into a bunch of like content mill sort of, uh, uh, play. not that look, not that we, we have are been over uh, this. all content mills in some degree, but there are certain places that need to churn to a certain degree. And, you know, I get a Google alert for my name just to see where my articles pop up. And I was like, what am I doing in this P? What am I doing in all of these PS5 stories saying that I that I have confirmed suspicions about the backwards compatibility? I have not. We've I, been over this. If you listen to this podcast, not. we said this. Hmm, this is the Yahoo anime rule. <laughs> what we say here is for you. 
This is where mm-hmm. there are, we've said this before. There are things you can say on a podcast you cannot say in an uh-huh. article that we wouldn't say. That we said you know, we're clear. We're like, well, this is unconfirmed reports. Yeah, rumors I've heard, etc. That means don't go right about it. That's how you get Yahoo Anime yeah. shut down. That's Fuck. how you get Patrick's sources yelling at him, probably. Yahoo Groups is going. No, down now. I just don't over. Don't say I confirm. Like <laughs> you didn't confirm shit. Then no. Very good. Anyway, it's very sorry. funny. I could sense I just, that there was I, something I to, else. I meant to yell about that before <laughs> we closed this podcast. Underneath. And I was like, yeah. get it in there. That stuff is tough. The internet, people out here, everything's under a microscope. Um, Big Pikachu is good. Big Pikachu is good. Everyone should go look True. at Big Pikachu. They're good. All right. I have another thing. I have another tangent. I'm going to save it for Monday. You sure? <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna need I some have more. To get home. At this point, I now I am convinced that we need more tangents yeah. from. Monday, I have so another tangent that is. I'm not gonna get good. into it. Okay. I'm gonna go home. Have a good weekend. You should go home. Everyone should go home. <laughs> Just Kato, go home. Doesn't wait. matter where you are. Yeah, go. You go home. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. Fuck capitalism. Go, go, home. go home. Fuck capitalism. Go home. Peace. Finally, we got our new our new outro <laughs> line. <laughs> We've retired, Fuck. be good and be good at it. Danielle, congrats again on the fanbite move. We've yeah. got, a, got a harder edge now. We got a harder edge. Fuck capitalism, go, go home. home. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I love it. All right. They are silly and ignorant like other girls, but... Excuse me? Lizzie has a quickness. Nope, that's wrong. What are you saying? Are you playing that word game on Apple Arcade? Um... But Lizzie has something more of quickness than her sisters. Mr. Bennett, how can you abuse your own children in such a way? You take delight in vexing my poor nerves, compassion for... You have no compassion for me. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? It's a good moment. (laughs) Duh! Sorry, Patrick. I was watching you die this morning. Yeah, no, yeah, I died. I, yeah, I can tell from the clip. <laughs> that bad? It was good. It was good content. Bad for the soul. <laughs> I feel you. I, I get how that goes. All right. We should time that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, fifty-six. Nice. Nicely done. (laughs) All right.